Here in Las Vegas on the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is my co-host, Paul Lindsay. Paul, you there? I am here. Calling it in remotely this week from Colorado. Yeah, exactly. We're, uh, we're testing this out. Uh, Paul can't make it every week to Las Vegas. And uh, in case uh, you people want to uh, get on about that, you fly your ass here for 30 weeks and see how that works. But, uh, yeah, we've already been doing it six weeks, and I'm already tired. So uh, glad to be home with the family this weekend. And uh, I'll be back in the studio next week right after Indy, an exciting uh, East Coast opener next weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, so right before we get started, though, let's let's get our sponsors up. And uh, that would be none other than MotorWorldRacing.com. You can listen in and uh, for a special discount on, on that um, just by simply using the Moto Show code. Uh, save yourself some money on that. We want to thank them big time. Uh, Glenn and Brian, they've stepped it up. X-Brand Goggles. X-Brand Goggles, the result of 25 years of goggle experience. Uh, Rockwell Watches. Big Rockwell Watches guys, uh, Paul and I. And uh, you can check them out at Rockwell Time. Dot com. Uh, you can also enter to win a R6 on the website, so check that out, an SBK uh, R6 replica bike, so that's pretty cool. As well, Motocross the Nations coming to Colorado. Uh, make sure you guys all get pumped about that. I don't think I really need to uh, to worry about that. Uh, Paul, September 26th, the world is coming. Yeah, you're, you're, you're pumped about that, right? I don't, oh, yeah. I don't oh, yeah. need to get the I hype. I can't wait. <laughs> I don't need to get the hype going on that, right? That's right. No, the, world, the world's coming, and everybody knows it, and it's going to be an awesome race. Yeah, no. So get your tickets now. Book your hotels early. I guarantee it's going to be off the hook. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be insane. You're exactly right. And uh, wow, what a show we have for you, Jake Weimer, going to be on the show later on. Well, he's already been on the show. We we pre-recorded it earlier. So uh, you're going to listen here. Hear Jake Weimer. He had a, a nice rebound race. Um, could have been a disaster for him, but instead he uh, he made uh, some lemons out of lemonade. But has a yeah. has a pretty good points lead, huh, Paul? Yeah, yeah, 14 points going into the break, and he didn't seem uh, too concerned about it. Like we talked about in the interview, as you guys will hear later, Jake sort of uh, assuming the role of would-be champion, as I put in the press release, doing all the right things, saying all the right things, and seems to have the right attitude. And, uh, you know, a lot goes into being a champion, and Jake, uh, knock on wood, seems to have everything figured out physically, mentally. You know, the bike setup, speed is definitely there. And uh, as you said, Steve, definitely... uh, made the most of it and you know as the old cliche goes you know ricky used to say it you know you're only as good as your worst race and that's what makes a champion and i think uh gutting it out uh so to speak battling back there with balbian and travis baker not taking anything away from those guys but i'm sure he wanted a little bit better than eighth place but at the end of the season that might just be the uh what is that the 12 points that won the championship for him 13 points actually so yeah 14 point lead going into the break and we'll get into that later uh couple of interesting tidbits on the point scenarios in both classes. Yeah, so. and, uh, and, and uh, neither of us were at the races on the weekend. I was, uh, I was at the Indy Dealer Show uh, representing Faction MX, uh, Valve Train Components. Uh, funny, my, uh, one of my other jobs, X-Brown Goggles, was right across the aisle from me, so I could... Uh, well, that was perfect. Yeah, I could put on either, either hat. Paul, uh, you weren't oh, able to make it either, but uh, yeah. so neither one of us... Yeah, I watched there, on but. TV this week. I stayed home with the family... Uh, like I said, six rounds in, I'm already burned out on traveling. I had my plane ticket booked, was supposed to go, and uh, kind of last-minute decision to stay home and spend a little time with the family on Valentine's Day. So I'm, I'm kind of glad I did. And looks like I uh, looks like I missed another good race, man. As usual, just uh, as we talked about, uh, four well, four of the top guys out now. Basically, we had ten heavy hitters going into the season, and you take you remove four of those guys basically with uh, Stewart, Reed, Grant, and Short, and all of a sudden. Uh, you know, the racing is great, but we don't have the depth that we used to have. You saw it out front early in that 450 main when uh, Villapoto Hill, Wyndham Dungey, and, and Millsaps were, were kind of just going at it. And, uh, you know, Tedesco, I guess you could throw in that category too, but those are your hitters right there. I mean, Villapoto Hill, Wyndham Dungey, Millsaps, and, and Tedesco even. And after that, you know, no disrespect to any of those guys, uh, obviously Brayton and, and Byrne and uh, Way and Reardon and those guys. It's still pretty deep. Langston, of course, and we'll have Jason, Ta- or Jason Lawrence coming back in the group, but uh, unable to make the main this weekend, unfortunately. So 
Yeah, interesting, uh, interesting scenario on that 450 class with the, the racing being extremely tight, but kind of a lack of uh, depth that we saw at the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Before we get too far into that, I want to uh, let's get into your favorite uh, segment of the show, Paul. Trivia, the trivia, the Rockwell trivia question of the week. Uh, last week, I guess a tough one. I, I keep trying to make them easy. Steve still tells them to make them easy so people aren't you know falling all over themselves. I think I make them easy. Uh, even give you t- guys time in this uh, computer age to go look them up. Uh, last week's question was, when were Davey Millsap's last two wins? Coming off that win, uh, San Diego and being our guest on the show last week, thought it was appropriate. So when was Davey Millsap's last two wins? And the answer was 08, of course, Atlanta and Detroit. And I only had about five people get it right. I had a few uh, people said Atlanta, Atlanta and Indy, and then I had a Detroit and Indy, and I had a couple other, you know, a couple close ones. But Atlanta and Detroit, those are the winners. And those of you who did email me uh, correctly, Shenzi, uh, there's a couple other guys I'm trying to remember that emailed me. I haven't got back to you guys yet, but I will tomorrow, actually. So thanks for your correct, uh, correct question, answers. And uh, we'll move on to this week's uh, trivia question brought to you by Rockwell Watches. Uh, and up for grabs, as always, a $50 Rockwell gift certificate. And these aren't, as I mention every week, these aren't just, uh, you know, this isn't a gimmick gift certificate. You can, you can uh, go to the website and check it out yourself. They've got all range of watches, and uh, 50 bucks would be a, a hefty down payment on some of their nice uh, lower-end ones. Um, in the spirit of... Uh, Christoph Porcel getting ready to defend his East Coast Lights title, uh, being a foreigner, winning that series, and quite obviously I think one of the favorites, if not the favorite, going into the series to uh, defend his title. Uh, I did a little research, and the East Coast is like the breeding ground for these foreigners coming over here, and I I found it interesting uh, off the top of my head and then looked a little further. There have been a lot of foreign East Coast Lights Supergrass champions, so name me two of them, and you want to send your answers to modal show trivia at hotmail.com don't send them to steve anymore got our own account now moto show trivia at hotmail.com uh we'll take the first five right answers for rockwell gifts to figure this week once again uh there's been a plethora of foreign east coast supercross lights champions and just name me two of them it should be pretty easy you should be able to do it off the top of your head actually most of you so uh there you go send in your answers and we'll get these uh, rockwell watch gift certificates out to you in the mail and then you can see who's look who's rocking Rockwell. That's right. Go on there. It's interesting. You go on there and you click who's rocking Rockwell on that page. Uh, it's pretty interesting. You got uh, what Millsaps, McGrath, Alessi, um, all kinds of guys. They got crossover athletes, NBA guys, MMA. They're big in MMA right now. Uh, Rich Eggett is just a man of many parts and uh, doing his best to keep uh, keep supporting our sport. He uh, he was there was something going on a couple weeks ago. I think it was an MMA fighter. Uh, Maybe it was the Super Bowl, something he was supposed to, supposed to go to and had a chance to go to. I don't remember what it was, and he ended up coming to the Supercross instead, and I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, you know, Rich, like I said, a, a true Supercrosser at heart, supports a lot of things in this sport. So go check it out, Rockwell Time, and uh, thanks to the Rockwell for uh, supporting our trivia question every week. Yeah, so um, Definitely. We're, uh, thank you for that. We're six races yeah. down out of 17 in the series. Do you get a sense, Paul, that that – that Villapoto, Hill, Wyndham, Dungey, and Millsaps, they look to have a pretty good – although Millsaps uh, got a little tired at the end uh, last weekend, and Brayden almost got him. But I think yep. those five are going to be separating themselves from, from everybody from here on out, barring injuries, any more injuries. No, no doubt about it. And, and the thing that I find interesting is Wyndham, despite his two podiums 
is, is only seventh in points and quite a ways out of the lead. Uh, you got to believe Wyndham is just kicking himself right now, thinking, man, my main two rivals over the past few seasons, Stewart and Reed, are both out. Here's my chance, and all of a sudden these guys circumvent me and jump up ahead of me, Hill, Millsaps, and Villapoto to be specific. And I personally, although I'm one of the biggest Kevin Wyndham fans out there, history dictates that he was going to lose a step at his age. Uh, the sport just is, is very demanding. Yes, he's one of the most talented riders ever, but he also has a family at home and a lot of money in the bank. Once again, history sort of dictates that he was going to lose a step. I, I couldn't be further wrong, obviously, with two podiums this year. I was pretty impressed with the way K-Dub's riding. I think he uh, would like to have a couple rounds back and be, you know, there's still obviously 11 rounds to go. He's well in the thick of things, but uh, I think he would like to see himself out front a little bit more right now. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, that DNF hurt him, you know, his clutch yeah. problem at uh, San Francisco, although he still yeah, that's scored. that's right. That's the one that knocked him out, well, I guess. He still yeah. scored a 12, so it wasn't that bad, you know, because he did on the last yeah. lap or, or a couple laps left. But, uh, yeah, you can't afford to uh, to give those guys any room or, or they're going to get you. Uh, when does when do you think Hill wins one of these things? Man, he sure seems I, – I was looking – it's interesting. As, uh, as the race was progressing, I was thinking the same thing. Is this one of those guys that just doesn't know how to win and Mr. Number 2? Well – uh, the answer is no. He's obviously won a 450 main event, so he's in rare air already. He knows how to win a race. He's won tons of races in a, as an amateur, and he every week he gets on the podium and says, man, I let that one go. It was my race to lose. So you you got to believe it. And as we talked about every week on the show, Hill has been the story of 2010, no question about it. There's been a lot of great storylines, but Josh Hill looking mean and lean and extremely fast. Uh, I think nobody would have predicted this uh, in, in a million years except for maybe Larry Brooks. And, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, in the offseason how I actually thought it was a great acquisition. I never could have predicted that he was going to be doing what he's doing either. I thought he would be good, but not this good. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think Josh Hill will certainly have a win or two before the season is up. And uh, see what we'll call the rookies, you know, one of them's a rookie, two of them are sophomores. The, the sophomore class, let's say, with Dungey, uh, Hill, and Villapoto is just fascinating to me. If you could rewind in your brains, people, seven, eight weeks ago with the amount of talent that was coming into the series and you looked at the point standings after six rounds and saw Ryan Dungey and Josh Hill tied for the points lead with Ryan Villapoto three points off, you would be saying, what the hell is going on? Not to mention Davey Millsaps in fourth. So, just again, what a great season. Great for our sport. Uh, those of you GP people that think that the sport is boring and you cash in your tickets to San Diego, shame on you. You're missing out. <laughs> well, yeah, that guy really struck a nerve with you, huh? Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of all racing, and, and, you know, I don't, I think those guys just like to knock Supercross because it's not GPs and, uh, you know, the real men race outdoors. But uh, if you're a fan of racing, you don't have a pulse if you're not excited about this season, Supercross. Yeah, I didn't see you. If you're such a fan of racing, though, I didn't see it in any Canadian nationals, which where it, I was. That's true. That's true. Actually, I need, I need to get up there, don't I? Well, hey, I one of my clients, Bobby Canire, getting me heading back up there, number, number three this year, defending that number three plate, I guess, right? Yeah, if you yeah if you call defending a, a three plate, but uh, yeah yeah he, he, he's going to try to improve it obviously. But uh, where's he going to sign? First, where's, what, what, what's the deal with Bobby Canari? Uh looks like we have a deal. I have a contract laying right here on my desk uh, for that OTSMX OTSFMX OT uh, OTSFF. 
Yeah, O-T-S-F-F, yeah. yeah. NX with uh, Adrian and those guys up there on Suzuki. So he's going to keep on, stay on the Suzuki. Andre, excuse Andre. me. <laughs> Andre uh, on the Suzuki team up there. And he's actually, Bobby's really looking forward to it. And as a result of, we haven't, we haven't signed it yet, but as a result of signing that, he'll likely get to do some uh, 450 East Coast rounds on a Suzuki as well. So a yeah. uh, good strategic move for Bobby. And, yeah, I'll have to head up there and check out uh, how kooky you guys are up north of the border, eh? Last year I hit a GP, a Canadian motocross, uh, AMA Supercross, AMA National. Hold Did on. you do an arena cross? I didn't. Where's the love for arena cross? Yeah, I know, huh? I know. Yeah, though, that that to me, when I when I used to race them, I thought they were great, and I love watching them. I've announced a few. I mean, I think that series is awesome. It has lost a little bit of a cluster, but uh, another Feld uh, Entertainment Group uh, series, and uh, same same people running that show over there that have been for many many years, and I think that is you know as Tim Cotter puts it. You know, motocross and, or supercross in a fishbowl. I think it's awesome action. If you like slamming and jamming and takeout moves, go watch arena cross, man. Those guys are studs. They they go fast in their own houses. Kyle Regal found out last weekend, which you know I mentioned. Which, in all fairness, I don't know what happened to him. He might have crashed or have a mechanical. But uh, as we talked about, I think Kyle Regal could potentially be a contender in the East Coast, and he, he got a 12th in his first arena cross. So the uh, looks like looked a little bit like uh, Bowers is losing a little bit of his uh, his lead. Yeah, I saw that. It's tightening up a little bit, and, and Jeff Gibson still with without a win. The defending champion only got a second this weekend, and uh, a little bit strange. You just can't yeah, count the sheriff. Yeah, exactly. The move getting up there that was amazing, and those guys are all three tightening up once again. The Babbitt's Kawasaki Monster Energy Team. Those guys are just dominating the arena cross this year. It's just uh, been pretty amazing. But uh, that's, that's good for the Babbitt. Yay! Uh, yeah, Babbitt. Uh, what do you make of the the battle in the 250 class? Right. Well, actually, before we get too far, if you want to call in and uh, ask Paul and I a question, it's uh, 702-586-PULP, 702-586-7857. The phone lines are open if you want to call in and uh, and give us your thoughts on the uh, on the series, uh, give us your thoughts on Arena Cross, uh, the Sheriff, uh, whatever's on your mind. But uh, anyways, Paul, what, what do you make of the uh, 250 class going on right now? Well, uh, you know, as, we, as we'll get to later in the show with, uh, with Jake salvaging a, a great ride there after, you know, being on the ground. And unfortunately, I want to give a shout-out to Max Ancy uh, with a broken hip or a fractured hip is the latest, I guess, out 8 to 12 weeks, depending on who you talk to. Regardless, he's looking at outdoors at this point. I don't think it would be very wise to come back for Seattle and Salt Lake, but who knows, uh, different, different strategies in mind there. It depends on uh, how quickly he heals. Cole Seeley as well. It'll be interesting to see if he comes back. Both those guys had impressive, impressive runs. Uh, Seeley in his second year, Max Anthony in his first year, those guys both out with hip injuries, which is odd, both of them having a hip injury. But, you know, back to uh, to Jake and Trey. You know, Trey, in the beginning of the year, in the offseason, looked to be, obviously, Jake's biggest threat. This was has been one of the most predictable series in years. It's, uh, for once, a nice change of pace that we were able to actually call it the way we saw it, and it's unfolding the way we saw it. We thought Jake, it was his series to lose, and it appears to be that way. But Trey, you can never count that. He's, he's a former champion himself. So, uh, you know, Trey Kennard getting two wins now, and uh, we'll get into the point scenario a little bit later on. But uh, lots, of, lots of people with, with a lack of depth in the 250 West Series and a couple guys now getting hurt and being out. Uh, you know, lots of guys stepping up. My, my guy Brock Tickle getting up there, getting second, a solid ride. Uh, sitting fourth in points, his second podium of the year. P.J. Larson filling in nicely on yeah, that KTM been... ride for Tommy Sirk getting a fifth. Yeah, Very he's been solid. Doing good, huh? He's been doing well. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then Phil Nicoletti continues. I mean, he's an East Coast guy over here on the West Coast. 
uh, getting it done. He go, you know, after that unfortunate deal with uh, with Morris that I wish he could take back, that he wishes he could take back in Anaheim too. You know, he, uh, once again, a solid seven, six, six the last three weeks, sitting ninth in points and looking to move up even further with these injuries. So he he could realistically pass Hanson and be sixth in points at the end of this series. So Filthy congratulations, Phil, Phil Nicoletti. Yeah, uh, and let's, then, take, uh, let's take a call. Yeah, oh, you got a call? Go for it. Yeah. Hey, Motor World Racing Show, you're on the air with uh, Mathis and Lindsay. What's going on? Hey, Mathis, how you doing? Paul Tyson from the message board. How, how you been, doing? Sir? What's How's going been? on? Hey, uh, first of all, Mathis, I uh, want to commend you on your uh, shiny shirt, hot belly model for uh, Faction MX. I caught a picture on one of the uh, yeah. words there. Shirt, shirt, shirt all was the a other little tight, has been. Shirt, shirt was a little tight. Well, well, the other boots had hot girls, and, uh, you know, you had hot bellies. So that was, yeah. that was uh, actually a pretty good marketing play there. Yeah, thank you. Thank but, you. It was, you know, it's something different. It's, uh, yeah, hey, absolutely. you know. Uh, Paul, um, there's, a, there's a, a post on uh, Moto News with, uh, with Marcus Sellers, you know, and, and, and Steve, and I wanted to touch on that a little bit um, because that was, a, that was a very – Tumultuous time in the uh, in the increase of the salaries. Basically, uh, there was a big jump up at that point with uh, gear goggles, uh, all the et cetera things, and also the second tier, what I would call not the Mark II riders, but the second series riders. And Marcus is a very uh, very intense type A type of person, a very protective of his brother. His brother's too nice of a guy to negotiate for himself, and uh, that's why I think a guy like Paul has um, been so, so successful. I know a lot of people don't like agents and, and managers and things like that, but here's a perfect example of why, uh, you know, what happened there. And, I, and, you know, I know some of the behind-the-scenes things, and, uh, and, I'm, and I know Paul does. Um, but it was not a lot for, for Marcus to, to, you know, have a personal attack on, on Mathis, but, you know, we yeah, should happen. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Ironically, that'll yeah. be in one of our segments with uh, What's Eating Steve. But, yeah, Marcus... Marcus certainly knows the industry inside and out. He's been there, done that with his brother, as you said. And I, I didn't have the luxury of reading the entire post about the, the salaries and whatnot, but, you know, just touch Well, I mean, they call it salaries, but, I mean, at that time when all that negotiation was going down, I mean, things were jumping, you know, quite a bit with gear goggles and all the, all the things that aside. I think that they were looking at other people who were, who were getting, their, you know, a lion's share of an increase. And, you know, I think Marcus's strategy was, well, you know, Brock is here, you know, putting up the results, and, and his potential is there. So it was an all-or-nothing strategy, and, of course, it backfired. Yeah, well, Brock's done pretty well on his career. Don't cry for Brock. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about it. But, I mean, yeah. they, you know, the last couple of rounds of setups there, it's, uh, it's rough. Yeah. But, you know, and I know that uh, I guess it's fashionable now to, uh, to pick, on, uh, pick on our puppy friends here, you know. Yeah, I guess so. That's uh, one of the things that was eating Steve last week is the guys that say, could you do it? You know, that's like the, the well, cop-out answer, you know. I mean, uh, it's not Steve's job to go race Supercross, and Steve used to race at a high level, but doesn't now. It's not his job to do it. It's not my job to do it. No, I couldn't make a main event right now either, but that's not the Well, exactly. It's, not it's, well, exactly. it's better to be a has-been than a never-been. That's right. That's, that's right. right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, uh, I, mean, I don't really – I mean, what? I, yeah. I'm going to take the high road. I could go. Oh on yeah, about, you have to. I could go on about Marcus's negotiation skills and right. things I've heard from companies mm-hmm. when Brock was a hot. When Brock was the hot property, uh, right? You know, in the 125 class. Uh, but I, I'm not going to do that. The thing that pissed me off most, and I'll go into it a little bit more later, was the fact mm-hmm. he said that I was disliked. Uh, there's right now. I could probably call anyone in the industry outside of two guys, Hanson and, Lo- and Lawrence, and get them on the phone with me. 
Uh, and right. I, I'm not bragging. That's just the way it is. I, I can I can do that. Uh, I've made a lot, a lot of friends, and uh, I talked to a lot of people at Indianapolis this past weekend. And to say that I was disliked is, uh, well, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Well, I think we're all disliked by somebody, but disliked by the majority is uh, definitely not the case in Steve's case, or I'd like to think not my case either, but Certainly, as you said, there are people in this industry that dislike you, but they're in the minority. And there's people that dislike me, I'm sure, as well. But uh, I think Steve's point is uh, I think a large majority of riders and, and team managers and industry people get along with Steve just fine, despite the way him you know, calling it the way he sees it on a weekly basis and his observations. So if Marcus has some sort of uh, disdain for Steve, I, I guess he's in the minority. And, I, uh, I would have to agree did. with you. I didn't even know. I thought we no, were. No, right. but I mean that goes weird. to his personality. If you don't, I mean he's he's very off the cuff, and you know, and, and that's it. And I think he probably resents. You know, I can't speak for him, but you know, a lot of people type things. That's the problem I have with all these message boards and everybody being anonymous. And, and he's one of the few that isn't. You know, that you type something in the heat of the moment. Once it's sent, you know, you can't retract it. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly it. Well, thanks, Adam. Okay. All right. Have a good show. All right, thanks for the call. Okay. Has been calling in and weighing in on the uh, on that on that debate. Uh, Has been like our our uh, satellite uh, correspondent there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you want to call in seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven, a couple lines on hold right now, but a uh, couple lines free as well. So uh, give us a call. What What do you think, Paul? Going into the uh, into the East Coast, and we got some. Uh, Man, it's I, I couldn't be more excited. Huh? I'm yeah. heading into this weekend, and uh, I can't wait. It's been, uh, as we talked about, once again, it's amazing when you, when you predict something. Sometimes we're wrong. We Last week we talked where we didn't think Honda was going to fill in for anybody, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, they got Trey Kennard. So, uh, obviously, on occasion, we even with our insider info, we get it wrong, folks. But uh, I think, luckily, we, we've hit the nail right on the head with the lights class. The West Coast, there was seven or eight maybe at the outset heavy hitters. On the East Coast, there's 16 heavy hitters, so it's literally double. And uh, the list is extremely long of contenders on the East Coast, so it's going to be one of those years. We've seen years where it's the opposite. Usually the manufacturers, the sponsors, all the money is stacked up on the West. There's more exposure uh, with the magazines. A lot of people come out of their little caves in the industry and go to all the West Coast rounds, and they never set foot on one of the East Coast rounds. So it's odd to see a stacked East Coast round, but... We've got it this year, and I think it's going to be extremely exciting. And obviously the, the four that jump out are uh, Porcel, Stroop, Barsha, and, and Metcalf. And I think uh, you could certainly throw a, a few more in there with, uh, wow. with Nico yeah, Izzy. You, you, you missed the main one, Dean Wilson. Uh, Dean Wilson, of course, is going to be in there, won't he? Now, we just hey, saw something Wilson, about Tyler Wilson, Trey being out, Wilson which is a bummer. Will, Wilson will hand Izzy his lunch. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I, I've only seen Wilson ride at the Donations. Uh, I don't want to say I was not impressed, but I wasn't uh, wasn't overly impressed. He was fast. He rode in the B main, obviously, and he had to come from behind to win it. But, uh, uh, you know, that was outdoors, and it was the first time I'd have the pleasure of seeing him ride. I've seen him walking around the pits all, every week at the West Coast rounds. He certainly looks eager. He looks like a young kid. In fact, little little tip out to Dean. I saw him hanging in the parking lot with some with some girls and some kids, and I hope it was just innocent teenage fun uh, is what it looked like, actually. But uh, really, really easy uh, to get gobbled up in that stuff in this sport, as we've seen, Steve. I mean, guys like Hanson, uh, like Jason Lawrence, they moved to California with a big contract in hand, and mom and dad aren't around, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose, and we expect too much maturity out of these kids at a very young age in this sport. Uh, Davey Coombs and some other you know pioneers in the sport trying to do something about it by increasing the age limit. 
think what you want about the increase to the age of 18, but I personally have seen families and lives ruined over this, and it's just not worth it. So, again, a tip to Dean Wilson, not throwing him under the bus. Like I said, hopefully what I was witnessing in San Diego was just good, on, you know, good clean fun, but uh, e- easy to get caught up in that vortex, wouldn't you say, Steve? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, our sport is a little weird that way because what we do is we don't have uh, coaches and things like that as other pro sports. We uh, simply hire the kid, a kid, literally a kid, give him a ton yeah. of money and say, see you on Saturday nights. In California, by the way, yeah. We need you out in California. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Southern California yeah. as well, please. Uh, no yeah. distractions. And uh, like I said, here's a bunch of money. See you Saturday night. Hopefully you're doing the right things. Yep, yep you know, so exactly. That's a, that's another article that I'd like to touch on is uh, is that stuff. But uh haven't been successful in finding too many people who want to really talk about it too much. Uh, well, you know? and Dean, luckily, Dean, back to the Dean Wilson thing, not, I'm not picking on him, but he, I actually am happy for him because he's got Tony Gardia in his corner. And Tony, for those of you who don't know, one of the best agents in the sport, he's got guiding at the moment Ryan Dungey to a spectacular career and, and got a lot of extracurricular stuff going on with Nike and with Target. And uh, Tony is uh, as good as they come. And uh, Dean Wilson, hopefully another young uh, protege here with uh, under under his wing. And he had Ernesto Fonseca before that and some other quality guys. So uh, we'll see uh, Steve calling out the, the Dean Wilson dominance already. So we'll, we'll oh, see. No, 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 no. Barsha and Porcel have him covered. But okay. after that. But he'll, he'll cover the rest of those guys. Is he in? Yeah, and uh, Metcalf and uh, even Stroop, you think? Maddie's hurt a little bit. Stroop's going to be good, but uh, Stroop is uh, – you just don't know either. And uh, Maddie's banged up. I heard last time I talked to him, he said he was ready to go. Oh, what yeah? happened? Oh. Yeah, I thought – unless something happened recently. This no. was a week or two ago, but – Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. I, and uh, what about Retray? What do you hear there? I, I just read something where he's banged up now. Yeah, he's out. He's going to be out yeah. now for another four weeks or something. Yeah. He can't. He can't uh, get a break either, that guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I, I personally, I really like Tyler Trey. I'm, I don't know how well his style was going to suit Supercross anyhow, but if anything, it was extremely smart to put him on the East Coast, a little more toned-down tracks. For those of you who have never been back there, the tracks are definitely a lot more tamed. They do run up a lot more, which is why they tamed, toned the jumps down and the whoops down. Uh, makes the racing a little faster, I guess, at times. Uh, some bigger stadiums than some of the baseball stadiums, but uh, some smaller ones too, I guess. Some of the floor spaces, and you know, they just vary. But at least most of them, we don't have to deal with weather. Just kind of some soft dirt. And that being said, the dirt works crew has got that mastered. Every year, that dirt gets harder and harder. Places where we used to go complete rut fest. Uh, now they've they've got the building, the heat turned up in the building when we're walking the track on Friday. It's like 100 degrees in there, and they put lime and, and sand in the dirt, and they, it's uh, the, the old rut fest of the East Coast is kind of a uh, a myth these days. It's really you get some good hard track, hard pack tracks back there too. So uh, would have been interesting to see Retray have a crack at it, regardless. But, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, guess pe- not to be for now. People who are calling in, uh, if you're calling in and you're just and it's just ringing, uh, we're getting to you. You just don't just hang up. And, yeah, uh, hang in there. Yeah, and uh, also if you got questions uh, in the chat room, uh, I've got the chat room open in front of me, and I'm uh, trying to monitor it as well as working the soundboard, as well as working Paul, as well as working the phone bank. But anyways, uh, enough about me. Uh, somebody's but, calling you. Somebody's calling you crazy for claiming Dean Wilson already. Yeah, well, whatever. They'll see. Here's here's. Yeah. Let's take a call. Or we won't take a call. Um, that, that was a good one. Yeah, good question, caller. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, should, should we uh, should we talk about Dean Wilson some more? Do you want to do you want to lay out some money? Do you want to? Oh, oh. You know what? I 
I've learned to not bet against guys that make Mitch picks, uh, regardless of how well-known they are or not. Uh, we've seen it go both ways, but I, I tend to believe he's going to do pretty well. I don't know how well he is on a Supercross track, but seen him go fast outdoors, like I said, and uh, hmm. that'll be interesting. I don't know about ahead of uh, Stroop and Matty, though. That's To me, I, I put him right in there as a fifth, sixth-place guy, but uh, you're, you're calling him out as more of a third, fourth-place guy, so it'll be interesting. Might have to put a little money down on that one. Yeah, let's, uh, let's take a call. Hey, Motor World Racing Moto Show, you're on the air. Who's this? This is uh, RG in Michigan. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm bad. Dude, how, how cold is Michigan right now? Michigan's uh, about on average, I'd say. It's cold, but uh, it's not Manitoba cold. Well, dude, I was just in Indianapolis this morning, and uh, let me tell you, I froze my balls off. God, it was cold. <laughs> but uh, anyways, thanks for calling, man. What's, what's your question? Well, you guys are talking about the East Coast Lights, and they be coming up, and I was wondering if they changed rules. I was waiting for you to hit on this today, and it didn't, but uh, Stroop's sitting 20th in points in the 450 class. That is a... Is he eligible to ride? He is indeed. That's a very good question, Carl. Um, we talked about this, and believe it or not, Ryan Morris was not aware of this rule. They changed that rule last year, or was it the year before? No, last year when Dungey rode some West Coast rounds. What they did is... Dungey went back there and got, a, I believe, a fourth and a fifth, or, a th- or no, a second and a fourth and a sixth or something like that, and was instantly, like, you know, in three rounds, he was like 15th in points. They, they did away with that rule if you're riding opposite coast. They put the, the disclaimer on there. If you're riding West Coast lights or East Coast lights in some cases, and people, we didn't see anybody do it this year, they want to warm up on the West for the East Coast lights. Those points do not count. If you move to the 450 class full-time, all uh, Kyle Chisholm or, or Ryan Clark or some of those guys, and then you get top 20 points, then you are stuck. And even that rule, they're thinking of amending to the top 15 now because there were a few guys last year, like Chisholm, that were just, you know, they did all right, but they uh, maybe now their careers, Kyle Chisholm's still a young guy. He kind of maybe wishes he could go back to the light class but can't. So to answer your question, no, Stroop is fine. And uh, anybody like a Ryan Morris or a Trey Kennard, for example, who we'll get to later, he's making his debut for Factory Honda Red Bull Racing this weekend on that big 450. If he goes out and gets a couple podiums, he does not lose his eligibility. Now, he's a bad example because he has to move up next year anyhow. So does Jake Weimer. But Jake could go race it and not lose his eligibility either. So There you go, caller. Well, one more for you on that same note as far as eligibility. Years ago, after they ran guys like DeHoop and others out with winning the number one plate and never getting a chance to defend, they changed the rules that if you run the title, you've got to run the number one plate and defend. Yep. Is so, that out, too, now it's three years and done? No. Or three years with 100 points and done? Yeah, no, you can win. You can't defend the number one plate in your third year. Okay, so the way the rule reads is 100 points in any three years. Uh, if you happen to win a number one plate in the third year, you're gone. Um, if you win it in your second, you can defend it. So yeah, that's you win two in a row. Very, very, very confusing. No, They've tried to tweak on it for yeah, many no matter years. how it works, if you win two in a row, you're done. Right. If you win two in a row, regardless, you're done. If you're 16 years old, you win two in a row, you're gone. All right. So, well, okay. Yeah, that was a Trey Kennard rule. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for ringing in, bud. Appreciate it. Have good luck. No, good luck no problem. Man. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. All right. MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Uh, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, Mark Williams. Mark Williams, what's going on? Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, I'd like to thank you for having this show. Uh, 
more shows we have and the bigger media gets, the better. Well, we're trying. Awesome. We're Thank trying. I've, I've kind of been around the sport for over 40 years, and there was a time when you just kind of waited for the cycling to get you know, <laughs> in the mailbox. Yeah. That, that, that was it. You had nothing else. That's a fact. But this is great. I, I remember those days well. Yeah, or Paul touched on it last week too, the one nine hundred info moto and where they would uh, charge you by the minute for the results and it would say first place, Jeremy McGrath, <laughs> Marietta, California, Honda. And you're like, Come on, come on, come on. I'm paying for this. So Hey, uh something you should mention, uh, Jeremy McGrath. It's actually the reason why I called. Oh, there you go. Uh, I think it was in your pet peeve last week. The uh, CSC people. The oh the security people oh yeah 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 in the stadium yep and I actually saw them you know I'm I'm from Florida and it's back in '94 where they were giving uh, McGrath a hard time they wouldn't let him in oh yeah yeah that's right past and, uh, those people unfortunately our sport isn't at the level where uh, Terrell Owens or somebody could walk by and the, the guys just drew all over them some guys are but some guys are just jackets that's why we call them yellow jackets those guys. Uh, Sometimes they're clueless. But the flip side to that is, I saw a guy, this is funny, perfect segue, you know, Jeremy McGrath's walking by maybe in his gear and they won't let him in, and you're like, are you kidding me? It's Jeremy McGrath. Well, the flip side of that, last week, if, you, if the funny part about the Yellow Jacket guys, if you get the right guy and you massage him just right, some of them are on a full power trip, which is what Steve was complaining about last week, and some of them are such pushovers. This guy, we're going back into the stadium after the main event, Saturday night in San Diego, the one that pissed you off, Steve. And at this particular gate, these guys were clamping it down like you were talking about. But this guy managed to – he had a rider uh, credential on. And he, he looked like he had raced earlier in the night but not made the main events, maybe made the night show. And he, he kind of put his arm up like he was hurting, like it was in a sling. And he said, man, I, I crashed. i got to go to the ambulance. And the guy was like, all right, go ahead. And he didn't have the right level – you know, to get in that particular gate, and uh-huh. I thought it was hysterical how, how you can manipulate those guys. I, got, I, I was just kind of chuckling. Yeah, I got a better actually, one. Yeah, I got a better but, one. Nick Way, Nick Way has a buddy, and I'm, he's going to go unnamed for the, for the purposes. He, uh, he goes to every Anaheim for free. He wears 10-year-old Fox gear with his running <laughs> shoes, and he gets into the gate by, uh, you know, he basically he, uh, he's a man of color, so maybe he could be James Stewart, and he wears gear. And he just walks through the gate, and the guys let him go. He's just like, That's man, awesome. I'm riding. I'm in my gear. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, well, what I was going to say was, you know, they, they were giving the graph a hard time. They wouldn't let him in. And so finally, oh, I, I actually happened to be a guest of Jerry West that year. And I went over to the guy, and I said, dude, he is why we're all here. <laughs> let him in, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and I'll, I'll just never forget that card saying, "I don't care." They told me not to let anybody in without this color pass. That's what well, I. They, they, they let Jeremy in. He was on. I remember it was like a trail fifty or something. They, they actually let him in, and I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, cool, man. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, one more oh, comment. Yeah. Sure. Hey, you had been making a. Um, you had uh, made a comment about a certain. <coughs> Set of uh, clothing line out there. Uh huh. Do you prefer I not comment or leave it alone? Or <laughs> no, you can, can go I mean? ahead. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I was bagging on the Fox stuff for being ugly. Certainly, Fox I, isn't the only uh, guilty party, though. But they seem to think that they are. But seriously, 
I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they're trying to save money or what, but it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Ah. I mean, they, do, they have lines of nice-looking gear. They just choose not to dress their stars in it. Um, you know, but you being in the sport for 40 years and me being 35, th- I'm 36, I mean, uh, yeah, they, we're not maybe the ideal consumers, but uh, apparently yeah. uh, throwing up the throw-up motif is, is big with kids. Yeah, I'd like throw to up. see uh, Truly Design get a hold of Josh Hill's helmet. I mean, I've been to four races so far this year. Um, I'm from Florida, but I've been in California, so I've been lucky to go to four different events. Uh-huh. But uh, this this past weekend at A3, um, he was basically running a white helmet. Yeah, he did. I saw that. I saw photos of that. It's just, I, I don't know. Uh, put a target on it or something, you know, make it, <laughs> <laughs> dress it up. I just can't. I, just, I give up trying to figure out these kids nowadays. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, man. Thank Appreciate you. it. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right, good call. That was a good call. Motor World Racing Moto Show, uh, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, the happening. This is Greg. What's up? What's up, Greg? Man, I just wanted to make a little observation. Everyone kind of quietly doesn't say anything. We lost Andrew Short, who would always quietly and steadily top five it. Uh-huh. How about Justin Brayton? Oh, God. Now Justin pa- Brayton, now Paul's going to go on six, for an six. hour. That's okay. right. I have been cheering for that guy forever. And he's, I don't think everyone realizes, he's right there in fifth place. He sure is. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good call. He's uh, Justin is uh, is rock solid. They actually have him listed in sixth. I think Ivan beats him with his podium. They're tied. He's tied with Ivan for fifth, but uh, Ivan gives gets the nod for the podium finish. But yeah, Justin very quietly goes. Uh, what's he gone? Seven, seven, six, six, or something like that. The last four weeks. So uh, yeah, huge props to Justin Brayton. Obviously, one of the great guys. I called it. You heard it here first on the Moto Show. I called him saying he was going to be this year's Josh Grant, meaning. Uh, you know, not that he was necessarily going to win a main event, but that he would be the guy that was going to surprise people and all of a sudden be one of the front runners well, for 50 class. I, I don't know. I mean, I love Brayton. I wouldn't call him anywhere near a surprise and anywhere near Josh Grant, to be honest. Well, okay, you, you're not surprised by him because you thought the same thing I thought, but not, not near Josh Grant's speed. I wasn't comparing him to Josh Grant's speed. I'm just saying as far as a guy that's going to okay. get in there that people aren't surprised or people are surprised – that he's doing as well as he has. And if you watch him every week in practice, he's, he's bouncing around third, fourth, and lap time, sometimes even second. Sometimes at times he's first uh, in the first few laps. Obviously it gets bumped down, but the guy figures out tracks very quickly and is very talented on the 450, and that, that Joe Gibbs uh, Toyota Yamaha is a great fit for him. So he hasn't again, had a bad race yet either. He's Josh Grant speed, I'm just saying. Yeah. But he's extremely close. I watched him beat Josh Grant straight up in Italy, so uh, he, he'll, he'll get there. I think these six and sevens are, are not uh, – all that Justin's got under the hood. I know he's not been extremely happy with where he's at, knowing that he has the speed to run up front with those guys. So just my two cents. Well, you also got to remember, Paul, it seems like Brayton's going to just slow and steady keep getting faster where Josh Grant's going to go blitz and then yard sale and then get up and blitz again. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and Brayton, and, and this isn't, um, he hasn't been up front every race. He's had crappy starts, and he's yet That's to true. have a crappy race. Like, he's been making... Um, he's been making something good out of some bad starts at a few races. Absolutely. Um, so that's under a, the radar. Yeah, that's an indicator of of being fast for sure. He just yep. slightly off of the top five guys, but I mean he he almost got Millsaps uh, this weekend. I was watching a live timing in my room in Indianapolis uh, after consuming some uh, 
some alcoholic beverages with uh, seemingly a bunch of industry people, and uh, it looked like Mil- it looked like you and another lap. He would have got him, but then again, Millsaps probably saw him the whole way and slowed down. But you know, sure, sure. <laughs> That's so, all I got. I'm out. All right, all right. Thanks, thanks Greg. Well, hey, let's. Uh, why don't we do? Uh, why don't we do our, our guest for tonight? Yeah, let's get to Jake. It was an interesting interview. Yeah, it was. So uh, basically, right now we're gonna do, uh, go to the pre-recorded interview with Jake Weimer that we just did uh, before the show, and then we'll run into some commercials, and we will we will be back here at the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Thanks, Jake Weimer. Welcome to the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Uh, thank you for being on the show and uh, uh, talk about the race on the weekend. Um, you know, a tough tough go at it, but a nice recovery. Yeah, I mean, obviously not exactly the way I wanted it to go, but um, you know, that's that's kind of the you know the hard thing about racing is uh, you know when uh, when you're when you're trying and you're you know you're trying to go fast is uh, the fact is is that people make mistakes and uh, you know I'm human just like everybody else and uh, like I was saying you know I'm human and uh, I make mistakes just like everybody does in everyday life and. Um, I made a mistake, and uh, you know that's uh, that's what happened. I, I fell down, and um, I got up and did the best that I could to recover. Yeah. yeah that, that being said, Jake, you know we've we've seen you say all the right things and do all the right things throughout the whole season, and I think it's extremely mature of you. This, uh, I guess, you basically your second go around in a title battle here. Uh, yeah. Things a little bit more in control this year than you did last year, having a battle with. Uh, with Dungey, but I, I think you've matured quite a bit over the last, uh, you know, couple of years, and it just takes this trial and error period, as you know, to get there. But uh, right. nice, nice to hear that you've uh, got a positive outlook on it. You still have a 14-point lead going into the break, and uh, I guess talk about what, how that's going to weigh on you, you know, going into this long 10-week break, actually. It's eight rounds on the east, but 10 full weeks till Seattle. How, uh, what, what are your plans for the break, and uh, how is this 14-point lead a little bit narrower now going to weigh on your mind? Yeah, well, I mean, everything's still the same. That you know, nothing's changed. I mean, um, you know, it would have, you know, I had a 26-point lead going into Anaheim three, and you know, like like we talked about, I made a mistake, and uh, you know, I paid for it a little bit, and now I'm down to a 14-point lead. But you know, as far as that goes, you know, nothing changes, and you know, every everything stays the same. I I still have the same plans. I'm. I'm going to do a little bit of outdoor testing and, you know, trying to get things rolling for outdoors. But, um, you know, no, nothing changes. Plans stay the same. I'm still, going to, I'm still going to do my outdoor testing. And, uh, you know, I'm taking a little bit of time off right now, and I'm going to go to Indy, and I'm going to, you know, enjoy myself and, you know, go watch the race. Um, you know, racing all the time now, you know, growing up as a kid, we always, we, you know, we go to the Supercrosses and we get, we get to watch our favorite racers race and, you know, uh, we don't, we don't really get to do that anymore, and I still love Supercross the same way I did when I was a kid. So uh, it'll be nice to go this weekend and be able to just watch the racing and not have any pressure. And um, you know, but, but to answer your question, nothing changes. Everything's the same. Uh, just my points lead isn't as big as it was. Now, have you done any math, or has anybody on the team done any math as far as uh, uh, what you need to do at Seattle and Salt Lake? To, uh, to wrap things up, because I, I have actually, but I want, I'm just curious if you guys have done the math yet. Uh, someone someone told me that I have to get uh, a third and a fourth to That's win. That's correct, yep. But, um, yeah, yeah, so, I mean. Interestingly enough, if you guys, if you go, if he wins both rounds and you get fourth at both, you guys would tie. And then it, you right. would tie with number of wins at four apiece. 
and right. then you would tie it number the next tiebreaker is number of second places you each would have one and then I'm not right. sure what it goes to after that if it's the most recent second place or most third places in which he has one and you have zero so not right. very likely that you're going to go four four to his one right. one but uh, paper rock scissors what's that paper rock scissors yeah paper rock paper scissors exactly. Do a little Rochambeau to decide the West Coast Lights title. Hey, Jake, uh, you're going to Indy this weekend. I was just there uh, for the show, and uh, it's cold and there's tons of snow, so just FYI. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's like home, so I'll be all right. That's like Idaho? Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, hey, Jake, what, what have you, you changed? Like, you were fast last year, don't get me wrong, but you're really fast this year. Is it just confidence? I mean, what's changed for you uh, a little bit? Or do you feel that you're riding the same? Um, no, everything's the same for me. It's just it's just experience. And, you know, I've, I've been in the lights class for a little bit. And mm-hmm. last, year was a big, last year was a big year for me. And uh, hold on, sorry. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, that was... Uh, Millsaps' birthday, we're at frozen yogurt right now. Um, so, no, anyway, um, you know, last year was a big year for me, and, and like you said, I felt like I rode good, and, you know, I made a lot of improvements, and, uh, you know, it's just experience. Last year was the first time that I, you know, had battled for a championship and, and been in that situation, so, uh, you know, that was a big learning curve for me, and it's, and it's a lot different to go to races and, you know, race for championships rather than just race for that night. Um, you know, it's a lot different. So it's just experience and, and, like you said, confidence. Last year was a huge year for me. Um, you know, I was I was in the battle for a championship. Uh, won, you know, some races outdoors. I went to designations. And uh, it was just a big year for me and a lot of confidence gained. So it just kind of carried through this year. Yeah, okay, all right. And uh, have you thought much about 2011? Uh, you're going to jump up to the 450 class and uh... – you got to get a ride, and you got to uh, do all that. Has, has that crossed your mind at all? I mean, yeah, a little bit. It's, um, I mean, I've thought about it, but it's nothing that I've, you know, really dwelled upon, or you know, it's just it. It is what it is, and you know, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, any kind of change is, fun. well, not any kind, but yeah. you know, this, <laughs> this this situation that you know, it'll be a fun step for me, and something that'll it'll be enjoyable and um you know I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it obviously there's some uh there's some there's some bigger you know or, or at least i i should say you know some goals right now that are that are you know first and foremost but um it's definitely something that i've thought about and it's a, it's an exciting step but you know as of right now just uh, try and focus at the at the goal in hand and uh you know let's try and get that accomplished and then we'll move on uh, and you having uh, and you seeing Dungey's success has to uh, get you a little excited about the jump, huh? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, you know I, I battled with Dungey last year, and um, mm-hmm. I, you know, that kind of speaks for itself. I think that he's probably stepped his game up a little bit, but um, I think that I'm more than capable of doing that. I felt like I've improved a little bit, and um, that that is exciting to see that he's gone in there and he's done well and he's won some races for himself and. Uh, you know, currently tied for the points for the points lead, and uh, you know that's that's for sure. That's exciting. I, I you know I don't want to go in there and, and just get smoked and you know struggle my first year. So uh, definitely exciting to see that he's had some success, and you know see that it's 
uh, it's possible to go in there and, and do what you want to do and meet some goals. So uh, no uh, no 450 stuff on the East Coast and Blanche for you this year. I know Mitch doesn't uh, usually do that, but that's got to be tough to watch Trey get the, get a shot to go do it. But uh, officially no plans for you on the 450 this year? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about that. I would, I would you know, it would be cool for me to do it, and, you know, I think it would probably be cool, you know, as far as the fact that, you know, next year it probably wouldn't be quite as big of a step for me as if I got to do a few East Coast rounds this year. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, Mitch is I, – I haven't even talked to him about it. I haven't even asked, I haven't even asked him about it just because, you know, I, I pretty much know the answer. That it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's exactly. basically a no. But um, I, I also see that aspect of it. I mean, it, I would really kick myself in the back of the head if, if I went over there and, you know, if for, you know, anytime you're on the track and you're riding a motorcycle, it's dangerous. But if I was in that situation and I, and I hurt myself, I, I would, I would be pretty mad at myself. So, uh, it, it hasn't been talked about and I, I haven't even asked him about it. <laughs> is, uh, is Hanny going to do some 450 races on the East? Uh, that is something that I honestly, I have no clue about. I, I don't know if they've talked about it. Right. I don't know if it's an option. I, I really, I have no idea if that um, has even been talked about, or you know, for all I know, maybe it's a done deal and he's gonna ride some yeah. 450s. I, I really don't know. Um, and then for people who are wondering why we're pre-recording this interview, and Jake, uh, he's, he's not ducking fans' calls. He has a meeting at Pro Circuit every Monday at six, and I'm curious, what the hell are you guys doing at six o'clock at night on a Monday? What what goes on in those meetings? Um, every Monday. Uh, we have a we have a little team meeting that you know the whole team gets together and uh, we we have people that film us individually every Saturday during the race. We have people that you know film us riding practice, heat race, main event, and we you know we all get together, uh, riders, mechanics, uh, Mitch, uh, the whole team. We all we all get together and we sit down and and we watch the race and then we you know talk about it a little bit. And uh, just discuss everything. If we felt like anything could have been better, if we could have fixed anything, mm-hmm. uh, what what was bad, what was good, what we can do, uh, you know, pretty much pretty much along those lines. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. that's not very productive. I'm thinking, truthfully, Mitch needs to know that our show is on six o'clock every Monday, and he needs to change the time of that meeting to accommodate us. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> we can talk to him about that. Hey, I should. Hey, yeah. uh, uh, your your Hanny's been uh, been snake bit. He's been fast, won heats, and uh, posted some fast laps. Do you, have you talked to him about it? Have you is he bummed out? What do you uh, what do you talk to him about if uh, if anything? About Josh? Yeah, just uh, do you try to help him out a little bit? Yeah, I mean. I mean, I, I don't. I talk to him, and and I get along with Josh. Um, you know, obviously he's fast. He's got a lot of talent. He's uh, very capable of winning races, and and uh, you know he. Um, you know, I don't know. It's yeah. I, I can't say that I really try and help him out because you know, yeah. <laughs> if truth be told, he's you know he's he's done it for longer than I have, and he's. He's well aware of what he needs to do, and you know, yeah. I mean, uh, we, I mean, we talk about racing and we talk about the track, we talk about lines, but um, you know, for for whatever reason, it's not coming together for him. Um, that's uh, you know, that, yeah. that's his deal. Right, um, right. I, I get I get along with Josh. I, don't, I mean, I talk to him every weekend. We talk, like I said, we talk about the track, we talk about lines, but uh, you know, 
like I said, he's very talented and very capable of winning races. Uh, for whatever reason, that's not happening. That's uh, that's something that uh, he's got going on. Right. As uh, as. Has there been one rider that has really surprised you this year in the series? I mean, obviously you, you knew Kennard would be good, and you know, right. Ryan, and Ryan obviously uh, you knew Ryan would be up there. Is there is there somebody else that you really took the step up that's uh, caught you by surprise? Um, you know, if if I had to put a thumb on anybody, it would be Will Hahn. Yeah. Um, I I think that you know he he had some good races last year, and I think he's he's a you know he's a talented rider, and he's had some good rides here and there. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you had to put a, a thumb on somebody, it would definitely be him. He's, uh, he, you know, he's bringing it to the races this weekend, and every weekend he's been fast. Uh, I don't think he's been quite as consistent as he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if, if there was anybody to say that surprised you, I think, uh, I think a lot of people would have to say Will. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. The whole Troy yeah. team, Cole Seeley, too, before he got hurt. Those guys. Right, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Cole, Cole's also been riding really well, and, uh, you know, he got his first podium at San Diego. So, uh, How about Max last week? Talk about team. that real quick. Was that surprising, or were you just playing it a little too conservative in the mud? Uh, and I saw yeah, you that big jump after I, the finish line. I thought you maybe just tightened up a little bit, and I know Max was really hanging it out in the mud, and you were just thinking right. about getting the win. But uh, talk about that a little. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it was – surprising uh, I think that he's a good rider um, you know obviously he's he's very young which everybody's uh, talking about and making it very well known which you know we all know he is young and uh, regardless he's he's fast he rode nationals last year he had some great rides last year in the nationals um, I, I don't want to say it was surprising um, you know he's from England those guys love the mud and uh, you know he was riding very very well he's He's rode well at a couple rounds, and, um, you know, I like I said, I, I don't think it was surprising. I think he rode well. I think he was strong. I think he was fast. Uh, I do think, you know, I, I know that I, I was taking it, you know, fairly careful, not not discrediting him at all, but I was being fairly careful, and uh, I had told myself at one point in the main event, you know, I knew that Trey went down. I knew that Will was behind me. Uh, I told myself that, you know, if he comes up and he's, you know, going way faster than you, then let him by. Don't, you yeah. know, or not let him by, but yeah, don't, yeah. you know, don't do something stupid and go down throw and throw points. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I was in a position to where I was, you know, I was being cautious. I was being careful. And, uh, you know, and, and in return, he was pushing really hard and pushing forward. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah no. You don't want to throw away the season on one race, just uh... – Right. Again, not not taking anything away from him, but he he had everything right. to gain and nothing to lose at that point. So uh, yeah, exactly, and that, and that's not discrediting him at all. I think uh, that's you know that's kind of one of those things that's kind of a given that you know he's he's uh, you know this is his first Supercross season and um, he's got nothing to lose. He can hang it out, and I'm sure he was bummed out after the race that he get, didn't get on the podium. And you know, even for me, that's that's kind of painful to watch. You know, you. You know, that's uh, an exciting moment. You know, I remember the first time I got on the podium. That was an exciting moment for me. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit painful to watch to see someone, you know, crash two corners before the finish line. But um, I don't think it's discrediting him at all. He was riding very good. And uh, it's, you know, some fans might not know, but, you know, I know he's good. I've, I've raced with him all outdoors. So I know he's good. It wasn't much of a surprise to me. 
Hmm. Uh, and uh, you and Steve Cox seem to be having right now a, a full-on uh, a love affair. Uh, on the cover of the new Racer X, he does the interview. I get the uh, new English magazine and your big interview with you and Cox. Uh, online interview with you and Cox today. Uh, wow. A lot of Steve Cox in your life right now, Weimer. Well, you know, everybody's got their own guy. You got Ferry, I got Cox. Um, <laughs> You know, everybody's got their own people. Everybody's got to like somebody, so yeah. at least I got some friends somewhere. But Ferry doesn't race anymore. Say what? Ferry doesn't race anymore. So well, he's, he's either way, either way. Now. Uh, okay, all right, all right. No, I, I, I'm just saying you're, you're sure blowing up right now in the press, and uh, and so we appreciate you, uh, you taking the time to do this. Uh, uh, Paul, you have any more questions for him? No, I'm good. Thanks, Jake. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week here, this weekend in Indy. Yeah, I'll be at Indy. I'm, I'm actually super excited uh, to go to Indy. I haven't, I haven't really been to a Supercross just to hang out and watch in in years. So you know, I'm a I'm a true fan of the sport, and I love racing. I love to watch people ride. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to go and watch. I haven't done that in a while. So yeah, it's cool. I think it's cool you're going. But uh, Jake Weimer, thank you for doing the uh, MotorWorldRacing.com. Moto Show. Maybe we'll get you on here one time where you can actually take some questions. Uh, you can skip out of the meeting or something. For sure. No, thanks Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All, All right, right, Jake. Thanks, Jake. All right. See you. See you. See you. Bye-bye. All right, Steve, let's talk a little bit about our buddies over at MotorWorldRacing.com, those fine folks that used to have that race team with me. You know, we won a few races along the way, and, you know, I got to know those guys, and all the way back from 1999 when they started their own race team and had their MotorWorldRacing.com site up and running, they've been pioneers in the dot-com commerce, if you will, and they've always seemed to have these great prices and great customer satisfaction. I don't know how they've pulled it off for this long, but they're definitely one of the premier sites and now with this radio show jump right back in the thick of things in the racing business yeah it's great to have them on and and the title sponsor for this uh, moto show uh, motorworldracing.com brian junkie glenn boggy owners down there great guys and uh, you get a little bit of a discount just for listening to this show that's right we offer our listeners exclusively if you go to motorworldracing.com right now and you plug in the promo code moto show at checkout you're going to receive a special 10 percent off your entire order 10% just for listening. Yeah, that's that's how we roll here, and that's how WonderWorldRacing.com rolls once again. Like I said, in all seriousness, they do have a wide selection of everything you need. And, uh, again, great prices, great customer satisfaction. Go check it out, MotorWorldRacing.com. We wouldn't be here without them. X-Brand goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race-proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X-Brand has Mike Alessi, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X-Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. Back at the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show, a uh, little Jake Weimer interview. I thought Jake was uh, good, good as usual. Uh, Absolutely, he, he gets it, doesn't he, Paul? He does, dude. The guy is so mature for his age. He's made, 
his life is about racing. He's wanted it since he was just a little boy, and it's it's really gratifying for me to see a guy like that, uh, you know, obtain his, his dreams and goals, basically. I mean, he really, as we mentioned on other shows and mentioned to him earlier, he does all the right things. He says all the right things. For those of you out there looking for somebody to cheer for, cheer for Jake Weimer. The kid does everything right. Keeps his nose clean off the track. He's a, he's an easy guy to cheer for. He's a good success story. Family didn't have a lot of money coming up out of Idaho, as we know, just like an Andrew Short or some of these guys. Uh, trying to think of another example, the Hahn brothers out of Kansas. <clears throat> There's you know if you're not in SoCal or Florida or Atlanta maybe area and and riding at Millsaps Training Facility or, or like I said on the SoCal scene, it's it's tough to crack it in the, into this sport. But Jake has done a fantastic job, and like you said, just sort of has a great head on his shoulders. Really gets the sport, which you know sounds cheesy, but it's just like NFL football players. You could be a very talented athlete and not understand the play schemes, and you're not going to go anywhere in the NFL. Jake gets what it takes to be good at this sport, and that's a, that's a huge ingredient for sure. Well, let's not forget about the, all the years honed on the Canadian uh, Nationals. Oh, yeah. boy, you're claiming him as a Canadian, dude. Who wow. else we got up there? Just Nick saying. Way. We got, uh, he, he got he got beat. Josh he Woods. Got, he got worked by Canada's finest, and I think that made him realize and made him I, work harder and made him into the rider that he is today. You know, it's funny. I saw an ad in Cycle News, I think it was this week or last week, for his win ad, and it said something about Jake was thinking about filling out a college application if this year didn't go very well or something like that, and I think he can put off those college applications for now. That, that, was, that was the overall theme of the ad. I think that's a little cheesy on Kawasaki's part. I don't think Jake had any <laughs> aspirations of going to college anytime soon. Jake's very dedicated to this sport. Win, lose, or draw, you're going to see Jake Weimer around in this sport for quite a while. Now, I could be wrong on that, but... Uh, uh, that's my two cents worth, but clever ad campaign nonetheless. Who are the ad wizards who came up with that one? Well, you just made you just said it wasn't very good. Now you're saying it's good. Which is <laughs> that's an inside joke. My brother-in-law will get that one. Okay. Um, uh, hey, don't forget, people, call in 702-586-7857, 702-586-PULP, and you can uh, ask a question to uh, Paul and I or just simply uh, rail into us or give us your opinion or uh, talk about anything you want. or uh, yeah, yeah, send us some emails, too. Uh, Steve at directmotocross.com or motoshowtrivia at hotmail.com. Let us know. We've got a couple comments even in the trivia box. You know, just let us know what you'd like to see on the show, what you think. This week, obviously, calling in remotely from Colorado. My wife's listening in the other room. She says, obviously, the sound quality isn't quite as nice as me being in the studio there with you, Steve, but i got to admit, at the end of this show, I'm going to go cuddle up on the couch with my wife and daughters and watch some Olympics. It's a little bit nicer than going back to my hotel all by myself in Las Vegas every week. Yeah, good point. So, uh, and before we get yeah. too heavily into the uh, Paul's podium, let's take this call. Let's do it. Motor World Racing Moto Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, my name is Stan. Hey, Stan. What's up, Stan? Uh, I just wanted to know. Uh, Are you from Las Vegas, Stan? Yeah, I am. Okay, all right. Henderson. Okay, Henderson. Got it. And I wanted to know how... Uh, Paul Lindsay, um, if he was at the race this weekend. What? Uh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Why was I at the race? Or, or Were you at I? the motorcycle race this weekend? No, I was not. I stayed home. How do you know what's going on out there if you don't go to the race? How, uh, do, you know so much? How do you have so much knowledge? Oh, well, you know, I mean, I guess just like you guys, I got to watch it on TV. I also tune in to supercrossonline.com and listen to the uh, uh webcast with Jason and Jim, which is a great little tool every week. You can look at the uh, at-the-wire lap times and just sort of knowing these guys and talking to people on the phone. You get to 
get a little snapshot of what went down on the weekend, and then of course the TV coverage is great too. So it's not it's really not that hard to figure out what went on if you look at the lap times, you watch, like I said, SupercrossOnline.com, listen to the webcast and all that stuff. Obviously, it's a little bit better when you're there in person. But I got to be honest. I do find stuff on the TV broadcast that I miss in person. And if they go back and do something in slow-mo, oftentimes you can really get a better shot. I've had very strong opinions on what I saw with my own two eyes in person at a race and then got home and watched it on TiVo and, and completely reversed my decision. So uh, to answer your question, I, uh, I, I think <clears throat> you, can, you, can, uh, you can learn a lot by watching it on TV and looking at the lap times. So uh, this week doing it fully remotely wasn't at the race and i'm not in the studio so uh but as usual i have an opinion on what went down thanks Dan. thanks dan think, or do you have think, another question yeah do you think andrew short's gonna make paul's podium this week with a, with a good comeback? <laughs> he, he wasn't uh he didn't race so i think it'd be kind of hard to make paul's podium oh, oh he didn't no he got hurt stan oh okay okay well you guys do a great job all right thanks dan <laughs> freaking that was watson you think that was definitely Watson. <laughs> oh man! Uh, uh, I, yeah. Okay. Well, it, it, Kenny, 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 trying to keep it real as usual, trying to call me out, throw me under the bus. But uh, as as Stan, uh, Kenny, <laughs> I, AKA Stan, knows, uh, <clears throat> you can you can learn quite a bit while watching, uh, listening to to that great webcast that Jason and you uh, you you do have a point there about uh, getting an opinion, making an opinion about something that you see at the race, and then coming home and watching TV, and all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, wait a minute. Yeah, um, for for example, uh, Stan, I saw Chris Bloss uh, let uh, Dan Reardon and Nick Way slip by him on the last, or excuse me, Ivan Tedesco and Nick Way slip by him on the last couple laps, and uh, I didn't actually know what happened there until I talked to Chris on the phone. So uh, that's how I stay informed is talking to these guys and, uh, like I said, looking at the lap times too. So thanks again for the call, Stan. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's take this call. Um, Motor World Racing Moto Show. Uh, who's this? This is Justin. Hey Justin, you're on the air right now. Uh, thanks for calling. Where are you, where are you calling from? Uh, Seattle, actually. Seattle, nice. Very yeah, good. Actually, just just tuned in, so I don't know if you covered this yet or not. But um, what was your opinion about Stewart being uh, uh, helping their uh, telecaster since he's kind of been uh, reclusive lately and coming out of hiding? It seemed. Uh, you asking me or Paul? What do you think? Or both of them? Um, either, either one of you. What was your guys' opinion about that? My opinion. I thought he did good. My opinion is that uh, I didn't see the show this week. Uh, I got home from Indianapolis today from a long weekend of uh, drinking slash selling Faction MX parts, and uh, my DVR didn't pick it up for some reason, so I totally didn't see the race this weekend. So, well, uh, I did. I wasn't at the race, as Stan pointed out, but uh, uh, I, I thought he did all right. I mean, he's not, you know, maybe the most natural in the booth, but it's hard. I've been up there. It's hard to just jump right in and, and, and try to get a word in edgewise. There's a lot going on there. The producer's yelling in your ear the whole time. And uh, I think he did an actually a pretty good job. I've seen guys do worse, I'll put it to you that way. And to answer your question about him coming out of hiding, I think that was a smart move. I think we've seen all these guys, from, from Reed to Stewart to even Andrew was in on the webcast this weekend short. And uh, I think it's extremely smart. We saw Trey Kennard do it when he was hurt last year. Um, who else have we seen? We've seen a lot of these guys. And I think, it, like I said, the, uh, I can tell you that Feld doesn't actively seek those guys to do it. Usually it's the other way around. Their publicist or their team says, hey, why don't you come do this? And then they ask, and Feld gladly accommodates them. And uh, I think it speaks volumes of our sport to get talent like that in the booth still. So uh, I think it was pretty good to answer your question. So, any, well, any other right, questions, well, Jason? Very, very, I'll go ahead, sorry. 
No, any other questions, Justin, or is that it? No, no that was all just curious. Kind of, I know that he's that people have been trying to get interviews with him, and that nobody's really been able to. So that's, no. that's yeah, that's kind of true. So you have an opinion on him coming out. So yeah, that's true. He has been kind of uh, kind of hiding out. I can speak to that personally, Paggio. If you're listening, uh, call me, buddy. <laughs> Those guys have gone into hiding. Cool. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys doing a great job. Keep it up. Hey, thanks, man. Thank you. Yep. Mm, bye. Motor World Racing, uh, Moto Show. You're on the air live. Who's this? Hey, no, it's Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Uh, not too much. I had a quick question for you guys. Sure, if, yeah. Um, let's, let's try it. Alexi's riding the first few GPs. He is? Yep. If, if you think he's, like, in contention or leading the championship, you think he would stay and do them, or would he come back over here? No, no chance. Yeah. yeah. No chance. He'll be back in America. That's where he's paid. That's where he's riding. For. That's who he's riding for. If you notice, his bike has got a few conflicting sponsors. I mean, yeah, he'll he'll be he he's meant to be racing in America, and uh, we'll see how he does at the GPs. That's an interesting story. Michael Lessie racing the Nationals is going to be fascinating to me as a race fan. I just I have no yeah, clue how it's going to go. Uh, I think yeah, it could go good. I think it could go bad. What do you think of that bike? Yeah, I think I think uh, it's gonna be incredible, and I think they talked about that. I, I don't know that they're completely settled on it yet, but uh, uh, you know, great question, caller, because you know the the same is usually said going the opposite way. Like I got to your Paulin coming over here, I asked him at the motocross stations. I actually thought he was going to be a contender. I thought he was going to do better than he did. I thought he would be running up front. We've seen Philemon and some other guys come over immediately have an impact like Purcell did. And I thought Paulin would do the same thing. And I asked him at the donations, I said, hey, what if four rounds, he was originally supposed to do four or five, and I think it only ended up being three, but I said, what if four or five rounds in, you're leading the points? I said, what would you do then? And, you know, he kind of just gave me this look, like, no, I will go back to the GPs. But uh, interesting question to, to turn the tables the other way around. I think Steve's right. I don't think uh, KTM nor you Mike, I think it would be a good feather in his cap to show that he could win on both sides of the pond. We haven't seen that in a long time since Marty Smith tried it way back in the day. Uh, but that would be, I think Steve's correct. I think uh, uh, the grand plan is to win the AMA National Championship here and, and sort of still shows the importance a guy like that puts on it. Uh, not knocking the GPs, it is the world championship, but the world's best are here in America, and that's what Mikey wants to win. What do you, what do you think, yeah, think, of, think of it this way. Uh, what, if, what if you don't think Tony would try to pull one of his – Tony moves and keep him over there just to, you know, say yeah, you get the I can championship. I Tony maybe wanting to and putting some some uh, emphasis on that, but uh, I, I don't think Tony would have that kind of pull. I think Mike and KTM at the end of the day, like Steve said, uh, the, the goal is to win this championship over here. He had it in his grasp last year, and uh, if not for the unfortunate knee injury. And, you know, it's <clears throat> I think it's going to be an interesting, like Steve said, from a fan standpoint with Reed, Defending his number one plate and Villapoto healthy, uh, it's going to be on. So uh, it's going to be a great outdoor championship. But as always, sure. expect the unexpected with the Alessis. Anything could happen. This is true. Uh, this I is true. Definitely agree. It's it's going to be fun to to watch him out there, and I think it's going to be really just, bad for his confidence if he doesn't finish on the you know the top three at the end of the year. I don't know yeah. how he's going to pull a start with a on a three fifty on a ripped up disc and watered. Uh, yeah, I disagree. I think the only track that it's going to be an issue at is, is Glen Helen and maybe and maybe a couple others. I've personally pulled a whole shot on a 125 two-stroke against uh, 250 here, F. Here we go. At, uh, at not Red against Bud. guys like you know, there's some there's some lightweight guys riding those those big 450s. I 
think him giving up 100 cc's, even though he is a good starter and he's, you know, he weighs nothing. But Paul, you can't compare a fair race to. No, I said know. there was a red bud, dude. <laughs> well, it's still maybe a, you know, maybe a fair race of some sort. And no red right, thanks a lot, guys. You guys do a good job. <laughs> All right, All right hey, thanks, thanks, caller. We'll see you. Hey, uh, Paul, now, let's go to Paul's He'll podium. get starts. Mark my word. Right. He will get starts on that 350. Right. I, I, this is, this is an NHRA, Steve. Uh, I know the mechanics like to think so, but it's not. Um, there, there's our side bet. We'll, we'll, in addition to the Dean no, Wilson no, no, bet, no, no. we'll bet not, how many whole no, no, shots. No. I'm not betting we'll bet. against him. I'm saying I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do. I personally will bet no, I, anything anybody wants to bet. He, he grabs a number of whole shots on that 350. I don't think you do know. Yeah. I, said, I think, at least. Yeah. Yes, you think. Uh, so, I, I don't we'll know. See. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Let's uh, let's yep. segue into Paul's podium this week. Uh, uh, what are your fa- three favorite things that happened this weekend? In, yeah, uh, once again, uh, not necessarily riders, uh, just things in general. Uh, as as the season wears on, we we'll try to try to cover things that just just made me happy, caught my eye this week. And uh, uh, this week, starting out number three on Paul's podium is my very own client, Brock Tickle. Full disclosure: Brock Tickle is my client, but. I couldn't be happier for him getting that uh, DNA shred stick star racing fly uh, bell helmets, Von Zipper, Liat, Dunlop, Yamaha up on the podium there. I did it for Brock for all of you that say he can't do his podium speech. Um, Brock rode good. I mean, he was, he was actually keeping Trey honest there at the end. So I was really happy to see, you know, everybody's been talking about Will Hahn, Will Hahn, and I'm not taking anything away from Will Hahn. He obviously was pretty bummed that he tightened up, but to see Brock catch and pass him was uh, – Pretty neat for me, so I was pretty pumped on Brock Tickle's second place. Um, number two on uh, and his second podium of the year, by the way, so great way to go into the break for Brock, and we might just see him on some 450 East Coast rounds as well, by the way. Um, number two, Kevin Windham, the, the old man, as, as Fro calls him, uh, 32 years of age, and again, I, I severely underestimated Kevin Windham's desire. Uh, again, like we talked about earlier in the show, he's got a family, he's got money in the bank, and typically that's... Uh, a key to losing a second a lap, which or even a half a second in this sport is going to be the difference between that podium and 10th place. So major props to Kevin Wyndham. His second podium on the year looked very solid in his heat race as well. And uh, keep it going, K-Dub. And rounding out the podium, number one on my list this week, uh, this week is Pink. The, uh, obviously, the breast cancer awareness, Feld doing an awesome job of recognizing breast cancer awareness, all the fundraising, all the riders donated, even in these hard economic times, for everybody to reach down deep, whether it's in their pockets or a jersey or just showing up in pink to support that disease. Uh, my mom is a breast cancer survivor. I think it's awesome that our sport, in the midst of this terrible economy, can step up and support a great cause like that. So major props to everybody that participated in the uh, pink theme this week, and I thought it was awesome seeing all the Liat braces, the goggles, the poots, the, the tough block covers. I thought it was great. So, uh, once again, thanks to Feld for that, and uh, that's going to round out Paul's podium this week. And the uh, I, I really like the pink X-Brand goggles myself, prepped by yeah, myself. Yeah, prep I didn't know you guys had some, huh? Oh, we do. We, 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 nice. We, we were keeping them in the trunk until A3, so um, <laughs> hopefully none of the um, uh, Motor Concepts Yamaha guys suffered any sort of goggle failure. I really yeah. I haven't because you that. weren't there. Yeah, I wasn't there. But uh, anyways, all right. Now it's time for X Brand Goggle Tear Off Segment. X Brand Goggles, the result of 25 years of goggle technology. Rich Taylor kept me entertained this weekend with with great stories uh, from the Indy Dealer Show. Him and Kyle Lewis. I had sushi dinner with him and Kyle Lewis and the Faction MX guys and uh, a couple people from MTA and uh, 
it was great. It was uh, a lot of stories can't be repeated right here, but uh, uh, just a, a great, uh, great bullshit session, I'm sure. Uh, but um, anyways, this is the segment where Paul and I, we have 15 seconds to uh, answer rapid fire questions. Uh, Paul, are you ready for the first one? I'm ready. Lay it on me. All right. First question I got for you is in 15 seconds or less, will Trey Kennard be top five in the 450 class? Oh, boy, good one. Uh, my answer to that is yes. I think if we see the Trey Kennard that came out swinging completely uninhibited as a rookie and won the first two or three rounds of the East Coast of his Supercross career, if we see that Trey Kennard. I'd like to think he's a better lights rider like Villapoto, but, hey, Villapoto just won this weekend. So if we see that Trey Kennard, he'll be top five. All right. All right. Now my question for you, Steve. When and if will we see Chad or James back in the series? I know we asked this question, a similar question, a couple weeks ago, but specifically, what do you think? Chad or James back in the series, when and where? Uh, I think Chad's coming back real soon. I got him coming back probably in three weeks, four weeks, maybe after the Round Easter. Daytona. Yeah, around yep. Daytona. Uh, maybe maybe sit that one out. He loves Daytona, so maybe he'll be back for that. And uh, as far as James, I'm not really sure. I've heard maybe Toronto. I don't know how he can do that. I've talked to some people with his injury, and it seems pretty gnarly. And, uh, that's all I got for that one. Um, yep. Question number t- two for you, Paul, is uh, – Who's the uh, who's the most impressive 450 privateer to you this year? Impressive 450 privateer, man. There's some good ones. Uh, Kyle Chisholm jumping over there on that uh, Moto Concepts team with a solid, solid seventh place this weekend. Obviously, my guy uh, Chris Bose, and I gotta say, JT Money, the old man himself, getting in most of the main events after coming home from Germany, has really impressed me as a full-on privateer of Butler Brothers, but still a privateer nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, no, JT's been on it. Friend of friend of the yep. show, friend of mine. But uh, he's absolutely been good. Uh, all right. All right. Ahead. Next question. Uh, segue from the first question. How do you think Chad will do when he comes back? I don't know. <laughs> the long, the long slams, whoosh, tear off comes off. I don't know. That, that's the most intriguing question of the night, Steve. Come on, you drew a blank on that one. No, I didn't draw a blank. I could see him. Okay, here's my answer. I can see Chad Reed fitting anywhere in from first to tenth. Good. He didn't good look the ambiguous answer, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. I could see him winning. On. Yeah, I could see him winning, taking advantage of, of these guys being wrapped up in the championship, and I could see him struggling to get back to form after coming back from an injury like that and being off his rhythm, uncharacteristically for the most consistent rider in the history of our sport, arguably, um, uh, to go DNF, DNF, basically, Paul? at the first rounds. Paul, you asked me that question. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you didn't. You didn't want to answer. Well, I answered <laughs> in 15 seconds or less. Uh, all right. Question for you: Who is going to win the 250 race? Not not the title, just the 250 race uh, this weekend in Indianapolis, East Coast. Gosh, the opener. I, you know, the obvious. Like I've been saying all along, Barsha, Purcell, and and Stroop. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say Barsha. I'm going to say Justin Barsha. Yeah, not, I don't know if that's going out on a limb. Well, to beat Porcel, uh, a defending champ, is going to be tough. But uh, right. I think Barsha's going to might have something for him. So last question for you. Uh, we talked about the ruts on the East Coast, even, even though they're not as bad as they used to be. They do exist more than on the West Coast. Who amongst the front runners, uh, Hill, Dungey, Villapoto, Wyndham, and those guys, who do you see that will have the advantage as we move back East here in the ruts? That's a, that is a good question. And uh, I'm not really sure. I would say Ryan Villapoto and Josh Hill. Uh, Hill – rode the crap out of the Toronto Supercross last year. Had his probably his be- came out of nowhere to get third, and uh, that track was ruddy as all hell. So um, uh, Josh Hill and Ryan Villapoto, Northwest guys, probably have the advantage. That's uh, but that's a good question. You stumped me a little bit on that, but uh, 
<laughs> that was the X-Brand Goggle Tear-Off segment uh, brought to you by xbranggoggles.com. Check them out on the web at thexbrand.com. X-Brand Goggles, the goggle of choice of Mike and Jeff Alessi. Uh, what do you think about that, Lindsay? <laughs> Mike, Mike, the uh, the GP jumper. Yeah. going to be leading the series and then jump to the AMA series and have everybody all up in arms, uh, points leader potentially move into the AMA series. <gasps> oh, yeah. all the humanity. Yeah, yeah, exactly, huh? So, uh, well, we're assuming he's going to be the leader. Everybody's yelling and screaming at me right now saying he's going to get his ass handed to him. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see Mike over there with uh, with an abnormally deep MX1 field again this year. Well, let's take a call. So, let's take a call real quick right, for the next it. segment. Motorworldracing.com, Moto Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Mathis, it's Cooley. Hey, what's up, Cooley? Oh, nothing, nothing. I'm just uh, just uh, doing all the laundry after the exciting weekend at Indy. Yeah, yeah. We had a friend of mine here on the phone. Uh, we hung out at Indy and uh, had a good time. And uh, yeah, it was fun. What? Uh, do you have a question, or do you just want to say hi? Well, no. I just, I just uh, the, the whole uh, Josh Hansen thing. I've, oh, uh, yeah. here we go. I was wandering around in the weekend, and I just overheard different people talking about that situation. And uh, I don't know if everybody in the radio world knows, but. Uh, what was that deal that Matt or that uh, Hanson said? If you did two miles, uh, a two-mile run, he'd come on your show. Yeah, yeah, he did. Was, was that the his his original his original deal? It was. I did two miles, well, sort of, kind of. Uh, he didn't come on the show. Well, yeah, I, I I'd heard uh, through a couple guys that you uh, you got on the treadmill and uh, and rockied out uh, two miles and and got it on videotape and everything. And after little Hanny saw the uh, the video or got word that you did it, he he denied to do the interview. Yes, that is correct. To tell us, so what's the story? A couple of weeks ago. I mean, I did the, the run like, yeah, two, three weeks ago. I've just recovered right now. And, uh, <laughs> okay. and, uh, uh, Hanny, yeah, swap. Maeda told him I did it. It's on film. I, uh, Toronto was supposed to put it up on the website. Thankfully, maybe they didn't or they're not going to. But, uh, yeah, Hanny said, uh, wasn't going to do it. It did piss me off. I, I had a few other people come up to me this weekend and say, dude, I was talking to Hanny or I saw Hanny at the bar and he was shit talking you some more. And I'm just like, man, this guy. He doesn't stop. I I, I don't get that because I, I don't know if you remember that, but there was a, a what three years ago or so when he wrote for uh, for Answer, they did that ad with him being Mister Mister Big Pimp. He had his BMW 850 and a picture of his big house and uh, yeah, I don't know some big badass watch. I'm not sure what what kind it was, but he was all being you know Mister Yeah, I'm a millionaire cool guy. And right now he probably afford to live in a cardboard box up behind Chronic Taco, wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how he's doing. Uh, I know he, yeah. he he blew a bunch of money. That's for sure. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. I just I just see guys like that, and and like you said earlier, he he might he, he's like snake bit. But why is it that some guys can come from adversity and 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 make it so well, and this guy's had everything pretty much handed to him on a platter, and all he makes is bullshit excuses. Cooley, ask Paul that. Paul grew up with him. Or didn't grow up with him. Seen him grow up. Yeah. Okay, Paul. Yeah, you're you're a fellow Coloradian, or what would you be a Coloradoite or? Yeah, Colorado, and I guess, and I, you know, okay. I have a completely different opinion. I don't think Josh was handed anything. I think everybody assumes that since he was Donnie Hanson's kid that he got stuff, but I think all the people saw in that was was pure pedigree, and 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 rightfully so. Josh Hanson and Andrew Short have taught at Donnie Hanson Motocross Academies since they were on 60s and 80s, and they've learned the proper technique. And Josh has a great technique on a motorcycle. Nobody can deny that. He's got that Wyndham-like style, super smooth and. And I, I, I honestly, like I said, Josh has paid his dues. He uh, was on the verge of not making it, just like Ivan Tedesco, just like Andrew Short. Those guys were not guaranteed a spot in the big rigs. I watched them all three struggle, and I almost signed Josh Hansen to my team 
because he had nothing at the time and uh, and then ended up getting the Yamaha Troy ride. So, again, I really I, I have a different outlook on it. I, I disagree completely. I think, you know, Josh, everybody's overly critical of him. Maybe he invites some of it on himself, but uh, Maybe. I think he, he's just like anybody out there. He's worked extremely hard to get where he's at, and I think, if anything, people are just frustrated because they want to see more out of him and they know that he could win races and they see him jacking around and they they they, uh, they resent him for it. So, uh, again, I don't think it's necessarily that he's he's uh, been handed anything, in my opinion. So, Well, and, and maybe, maybe not handed something, but I look at a guy like Andrew Short. If Andrew Short got into some sort of a terrible situation and, and he needed help, I'd take 100 bucks out of my pocket and I'd put it in an envelope and send it to the guy because he's a hard worker, he deserves it. And, you like, know, we, we talked just, about this, too. Not, not to interrupt you, but we talked about this earlier on the show. We expect too much maturity out of these kids at a young age. I'll say it again. I mean, Andrew is the exception to the rule rather than the rule. Andrew is which, what we wish we could all be, a kid that went out there and at 18 years of old, 18 years of age, was calling home crying because he was living with his mechanic's roommate uh, who he didn't know, and the guy would come home drunk, and here's an 18-year-old kid from Colorado living in SoCal all by himself. And, I mean, it was a horrible situation, but Andrew, you know, persevered through that and but again he's the exception to the rule you take any other kid give him lots of money send him to socal what do you expect i'm sure i would have been a jackass i probably was at that age i i just didn't have the money in a factory ride to go along with it so i think you know sometimes we're a little bit hard on these kids when they get out there and they they do what comes naturally which is you put some girls and some money and some parties in front of them it's kind of like what do we expect you know so yeah but i i, I guess how how often do you can you make the same mistake like you, you, you can only do, you can only stick your hand under the lawnmower so many times before you realize, oh hey, I'm kind of stupid for like cutting my finger off. Yeah, and he, you know, Josh owns up to his mistakes. He he doesn't blame anybody but himself, and he he knows that he partied and, and jacked around. And I'm I'm certainly not defending him. I mean, Josh and I have had words in the past. Josh and I have been extremely close friends and raced together, and I've known him since he was a little kid. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I still call him a friend, and, and uh, Josh is going to be Josh. He's always been kind of a unique character, and, uh, again, I don't think uh, – I think at the end of the day, people just want to see him do well. I think that's the biggest thing. Maybe he should start taking all this criticism as a compliment because people are just frustrated because they know he can do better, and yet he doesn't apply himself. So, uh, Well, and I, you know what? There's, there's no doubt about it. The kid's got talent on the bike. But, but how, many, how many chances should a, should a guy like it, him get? to screw it up over and over and over again when there's a, another Andrew Short out there that, that could take advantage of the support and really do well with it and appreciate it. Yeah, and but you know what? He, he delivered. He delivered. He won an X Games gold medal for, for Monster, which was more worth more than maybe winning Anaheim, obviously. And I know that that's a bold statement, and not a lot of people believe me on that, but go check out the Joyce Julius reports, folks, and, and tell me that Josh Hansen's name isn't more popular than Jake Weimer right now. So, you know, the problem is... It's uh, the sponsors and the teams, as long as they're willing to keep giving him chances, I say more power to him. He's obviously got some value somewhere. These guys aren't stupid. Uh, we're sitting here talking about him right now, and uh, he's on a Monster Pro Circuit, Kawasaki. So, Well, yeah, it's, it's obvious that somebody, uh, somebody at Monster really likes that guy because you, you know as well as anybody else had Mitch Payton not been given extra funding by Monster or, you know, kind of – uh, persuaded by Monster to take Josh Hansen on, Josh Hansen wouldn't be riding under his truck. Yep, maybe, maybe so. Josh has wanted that opportunity for a long time, and Monster certainly paved the way, but uh, 
Josh yeah. was down there talking to Mitch long before Monster was even involved. But uh, who's well, and, and and as you can see, his season's living up to its usual his his usual standards. It's it's hit and miss. Like you know, yeah. you know, fourth, fifth one weekend, seventeenth the next, and I don't know. It's just unfortunate. It's just kind of a piss off for 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 a lot of fans. Look at a guy like that, see all this talent, and see all the support, and in a lot of the times he just pisses it down the toilet. So yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. They're looking for lightning in a bottle. These sponsors, they. There'll be a team next year that thinks if they get Josh Hansen that he could win again. And, and as long as that potential is there, people are going to pay him for it, and that's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I, I'm glad to see the guy make a good living. And, uh, yeah, he has pissed away a lot of his money. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, all these guys deserve as much as they can get, and uh, hopefully they're doing their job. If they're not, they'll be down the road. And I know there's a lot of hard luck stories out there. Like you said, I can think of uh, 20 kids off the top of my head that work their ass off, like you said, that are good kids that deserve a chance. But the fact is, you know what, at the end of the day, they're not as fast as Josh, period. And it's not mm-hmm. about giving a, a, a bro a chance, you know, you know, hooking a guy up just because he works hard. It's, this is a business. And uh, yeah. Josh might not be delivering completely what Monster expected, but he did deliver him a gold medal. So uh, take, uh, take Joe Blow from, from Colorado that just hold, hold works on hard and tries hard. Hold on a second. Just, I, please qualify X Games gold medal with the Olympics going on with a real gold medal. Please don't. Misunderstood. Oh, hey, for, for Monster Energy, I'd say uh, it's as valuable or, or more valuable than an Olympic gold medal. Oh, Jesus. Monster Energy, for their demo, that uh, is it. Uh, I, I, I just I, I'm not pain. saying what I personally think. I'm just saying what the demographics are and what the target audience is for Monster Energy. All right, enough about Hanny. Okay, Dean know? Wilson, what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your take, Mathis? Where's he going to be on the, on the weekend? Uh, I got him in third. Uh, Paul has him in uh, not making the main. No, <laughs> that's not true. I've got him. I've got him fourth, fifth, or sixth. I said. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, so, uh, I guess we'll see you on Saturday then. Oh, you coming? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. The, the 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 path between uh, Windsor and uh, and uh, India is getting worn down. It's it's a pretty quick trip these days. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, I'll see you. I'll talk to you this week. I'm sure. Thanks okay. for the call. All right. See ya. All right. Thanks. Okay. See ya. All right. Yeah. Too much Hanson talk for me. But yeah. Whatever. Yeah, we got off on a tangent there. Let's get on to uh, where were we? What's eating Steve yeah, what's, is up next. Yeah, what's this, eating this me? Our... I touched on it earlier. Uh, what's eating me is uh, uh, internet goofballs. I guess is what's eating me. I have no problem with people being on the internet and uh, and stating their opinion. We we all do that. Uh, doesn't make me right because I'm in the industry. Doesn't make Paul right because he's a uh, he's an agent and a former team owner. It's simply an opinion based on uh, facts and knowledge that we acquire. Uh, anybody can say, you know, I think uh, this and this. The, the the key to that sentence is you should always put I think, and uh, or I I believe, or this is what I I know, or whatever. Uh, when you make blanket statements like Marcus Sellards does, uh, that he because he knows something because he was once an agent for his brother six years ago. Uh, you know that just I mean he's always come off as a blowhard. And uh, I haven't said much about it, but with his with his coming on Moto Talk and saying that I was disliked, um, that's uh, he's full of shit. And uh, you know he he's one of those guys that comes on the internet and doesn't say I believe or I think or I I think this may be true. He comes on and states a fact, and uh, and I've know he's been wrong, but uh, whatever you know. So when you people out there in the computer land, when you're uh, posting something on the internet, um, maybe just write down a couple simple words. I think. Or I believe. Or how about this one? You, you could shorten it to this. I am O, in my opinion. In my, and, and in my opinion. And everybody's in, entitled 
to an opinion, and I would never Absolutely. bash on somebody who has an opinion, but when you state something as fact without saying an opinion, without saying it's your opinion, when you state it as fact and you're wrong, then you're a jerk-off. And, uh, and Marcus was, uh, I mean, I'm going to take the high road, as I said earlier, and not go into some stories that I know about him representing Brock uh, because Brock's a good dude. I saw him this weekend at the Indy Show. Uh, but to say that I had no talent, which is what he said, uh, it, that, that could be true. But I like to think being a factory mechanic for five years and having a few accomplishments under my belt meant I had some talent uh, as a mechanic, uh, certainly not on a goose level. But uh, uh, as well as saying that I was disliked, uh, that is a, a strong statement to make. And it's a blanket statement, and he's uh, he's effing wrong. I'll tell him that right now. And uh, Marcus, uh, if I see you this week in Indianapolis, uh, I will tell you that to your face. Um, yeah, not happy with that. And uh, I will now. Tell us probably, how you really feel, Steve. I will probably now. Well, I don't post on Moto Talk, but maybe now I will make it my personal mission to absolutely ruin Marcus Sellers whenever he comes down with a fact that is wrong, because uh, he's got a ton of them. He's got a shit ton. Call of him out. And uh, and I I just might do that because as I was saying earlier, there's probably only two people and Tony Leslie is not one of them because I spoke to Tony not too long ago, uh, that I cannot call up and get an interview with or speak to over the phone um, uh, at any time. So if I'm so so disliked, and I have no talent, uh, I'd like to know why all these people are talking to me and why these people are reading me and so on and so forth. So Marcus Sellers, point. suck it. That's all I gotta say. That's what's eating <laughs> me this week, Paul. <laughs> very nice, very nice, and I—that's I, a great point uh, about the. In my opinion, that's what it, that is. What's wrong with message boards? I, that's why I don't post as much as I used to. I stay the hell out of those arguments unless I know for a fact something that I know insider information or I witnessed something to that I, I literally won't type it unless I know it to be the gospel. And then, even then, I'll usually put, "Hey, in my opinion, da 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 da." or just my two cents worth, because that way you don't look like a jackass if you're wrong, for one thing. And, and for two, like you said, it is, at the end of the day, just a bunch of people's opinions. Whether we're inside yeah. industry, well, people are not. It's, it's just fans. opinions. It's so. fans, and it's cool. We're fans. You and I are fans. That's why we're doing That's this right. show. That's right. We're certainly not making any money doing this thing. We're fans. And uh, so I like talking to people. I like meeting people at the races. I like do being on the message boards uh, as much as anybody. Uh, some of the things that I may write, I may write opinions based on things that I know that I cannot write about, but things that I know that are going on. And uh, so that would lead me to make a, a, a feel a certain way on one subject. So then I will sort of write that. But, uh, you know, I've been wrong. You've been wrong. Um, but if you just keep it, uh, keep it on the message boards to my opinion or I think and not go off like you are somehow in Ohio and you know exactly what's going on at Anaheim uh, 2010 – Anaheim won, then uh, you, we'll all be better off, uh, Paul. Right. Uh, what do you think about Marcus Sellers, Lindsay? I like Marcus. I have always gotten along well with him, but he does have a sharp tongue. Uh, he usually, ironically, Marcus usually has my back on there. Uh, I think he respects me and, and knows that when I chime in on something that it's usually accurate, uh, at least I try to be 99% of the time, because like I said, I won't, I won't even chime in if I, if I don't know the facts, because I don't want to look like a jackass. So, I respect Marcus for respecting me, if that makes any sense, but I've definitely seen him have a, a sharp tongue uh, a time or two and maybe disagreed with a couple things that he said. But uh, there was a time there when we were both, uh, Marcus and I, sort of on a roll calling other people out that, that were just way off base. And it's nice to have somebody on there when, when Brock was still racing, this was, uh, that, that, 
that's at the races like you and I that sort of like, no, that's not exactly how it went down. We were, I was standing right there or whatever, you know, and have somebody to have your back. And Marcus has done that for me a few, uh, few times. So I have to give him respect for that. But like I said, he, he definitely can. Uh, well, be, when he, uh, the, I mean, when he came on the boards, I, I, I thought that we were, I were certainly not bros, but I would definitely have put Marcus as an acquaintance that I would say hi to at the races. You know, yep. and, and and here I am looking like a bit of a jackass because I'd be saying hi to a guy that said I, that says a I have no talent and b nobody liked me, and, uh, yeah. and here I would be at this weekend if I see him. Hey, Marcus, you know, hey, what's up? As we pass each other or whatever, so uh, kind of blindsided me a little bit. Um, you know, you could say I have, I guess you don't like my riding, uh, you think I'm an idiot and all that, but I think to say that I'm disliked and that I have no talent. I have a little yeah, bit of talent. That's a statement. That's a uh, that's a pretty stupid statement. Uh, I could I could definitely go on and on about that and make it. Personal, well, yeah. Enough about Marcus. We got off on a tangent on Marcus and Hanson, and now we're running late this week. And I want to I want to get to our, our next segment. All right. View from the fence. Cool flash behind the keyboard. The Brian Junkie special. The question of the week. Motor news. Vital MX. It's the longest segment title in the history of the world. Um, and I actually have three good ones this week. It's usually just one question, but since we're running late, I'm going to do them very, very quickly, so bear with me. But there's three good topics on the message boards burning up this week. Uh, the first one that I actually picked out that I should have saved it comes from Motor News, and it's from Yo Smithy, one of our loyal listeners, and he says basically the title of the post is – I met him um, in San Diego. He's a cool dude. What's that? I met him at San Diego. He was a cool Did dude. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His, his little uh, avatar is a little strange, but uh, – I, I haven't. I don't think I've met him yet. I, if I have, I apologize. I do that sometimes. Um, but the title of his post is basically: um, Did anybody check the points or do the math on the points? Uh, yes, Smithy, we have, and uh, you're right. Very, very interesting point scenarios. As we talked about earlier in the show, Jake Weimer with a 14-point lead needs a 4-3 basically to clinch it. Uh, a 4-4. Four, four, very interesting. I'll have to call my, my gal Jane at the AMA to see, as I mentioned earlier in the Jake Weimer interview, what does it go to. They would be tied in points. They would each have four wins. They would each have a second place. And I'm not sure if it goes to next to the third places or most recent second place, in which case Jake would get it. Um, interesting. I think it goes to third place, in which case Trey would get it. Trey has one. Jake has zero third places. So what a barn burner that would be if Trey went 1-1 and Jake yeah, somehow I, screwed I, up and went 4 I don't know how you can say that. There's there's 10 weeks and then there's two races. And, and I mean, to start breaking it down like that, it's a little much. But Well, you know, it, I'm trying to get the hype going. I mean, it's a close battle for the series. I mean, well, let me tell you about Marcus Jake Sellers and Hanson. Well in hand. No, I'm just kidding. What's that? I said, let me tell you about Marcus Sellers and Hanson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and then in the 450 class, obviously, I think Feld – or the AMA, or anybody, if you could ask them what they'd like to see six rounds in, a tie for first place, and Ryan Villapoto three points out is just spectacular. It's everything we've dreamed about for many, many years in the 450 class, going all the way back to uh, Carmichael, Reed, and Stewart going down within two points of each other at the final race in Vegas. So, so far, so good. Six rounds in in the point scenario. Thanks for that post, Yo Smithy. Uh, the next topic comes to us from uh from vital the next two are actually from vital i didn't get the name of who posted this but it was about marvin muskin a very interesting post about marvin musquin in 2011 announcing his intentions to do the first that all of the west coast rounds in supercross to ride 250 lights west coast supercross go for the championship and then go do the gps and there's been some interesting buzz floating around the industry this is was some insider stuff for a very long time that I was privy to, and I don't know if it's completely public yet, 
But there is a storm brewing with uh, the GPs and Supercross sort of aligning their schedules, if you will. I think this is extremely bad news if you're an AMA motocross fan, as I am. I I happen to be a big GP fan as well, and I don't want to see our outdoor series get slighted because of this. But it is a very, very, very exciting and intriguing possibility to have a truly global series where the GP guys, at least most of them that want to, the Belgians and Italians don't seem to like Supercross, but uh, uh, the rest of them do. Uh, see Ken Roxon and, and Marvin Muskin and these guys come over here and compete in our Supercross series only to go back and still be able to do the GPs. Uh, there'll be the inj- injury debate, uh, the travel debate, which series is better, etc. But make no mistake, that's an exciting uh, day that is coming in this sport. And I don't know, like I said, where the outdoors plays into that for our motocross series. Uh, that will be interesting to see how that plays out. So that topic was brought up. And then lastly, very quickly, podium speeches. Whoever posted on Vital that they wish that the, rider, that the TV crew, uh, Speed, CBS, whoever it may be, Chris Bond, if you're listening, Bondo, Maybe put the riders' sponsors. It'd be hard to do that quickly, but they do have their pictures at you know finger point and click uh, computer access these days. Uh, list the riders' five major sponsors underneath them as they're talking to Aaron on the podium. Let these guys talk. It's it's redundant and ridiculous. I couldn't agree more. I hate the regurgitation of sponsors and my Dunlop tires hooked up well out of the gate. We all know who they're sponsored by. Uh, they they get pictures in magazines. I know time is precious on the TV. You know Brock Tickle. He's only gotten on the podium twice. He's got to try to thank his sponsors, but nobody's getting to see his personality. So uh, he does look tense and uncomfortable up there because he's trying to worry so hard about people flaming him for not getting his sponsors out. And Larry Brooks is probably coming out of his shoes right now that I'm saying this, but for Christ's sake, we cram these sponsors down people's throats. It's a, it's a hour-long infomercial for Monster every week practically. Let's show a little personality in our sport, people. So there's uh, – that's kind of turned into a what's eating Paul there, but uh, there you go. There's your uh, question of the week view from behind the fence slash behind the keyboard. Brian Junkie special Motor News Vital MX question of the week. All Questions. Right. Well, we got Three, a little, plural. Bit, little bit of time to take a few calls. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Before we wrap this up, seven zero two five eight six pulp. If uh, you want to call in and talk to uh, myself or Lindsay about the uh, Supercross series, give us a yeah. ring. And, and uh, man, I'll tell you what the. Uh, the Indie Dealer Show, it's a unique event. Uh, it's basically three days of talking, meeting people, networking. Um, everybody's and trying walking. To, and walking. The place is enormous. Yeah, and, uh, and I'll go on more about that, but we got a call. Yeah, take it. Motorworldracing.com, Moto Show. You're on the air with Mathis and Lindsay. Mathis has been again. Hey, has the breaking, been. The breaking news of the day is that you saw, or Taylor signed a lefty to um, Brandex goggles. Oh, I know that. That means you're going to be building the goggles for Michael Lessie? Yes, absolutely. And if you want to find someone to laugh and laugh and laugh about that, it's Jason okay. Wygant. This, this is great. Okay, yeah, no, that no. means you're going to be building sunglasses for, for AAA, for Tony. We don't have sunglasses. Rich does yeah, not I'm, have sunglasses. You're going to have to get a, an AAA signature sunglass. Come on, man. You got it. This is like marketing one-on-one. Maybe you could be looking like a couple of owl's eyes. Whatever it is. Right. So this, this is this is actually great news. So you're going to have inside inside uh, information on uh, on Tony and Mike and uh, and I guess the uh, estranged brother Jeff at this point. What's <laughs> going on with that? I don't know what's going on with that. I think Jeff has chosen to uh, drop out of the Lessing Racing Slightly Program. Estranged. 
and, yeah, slightly uh, estranged. And, I think uh, they're still a family. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I know. I know. Jeff is no longer up up in the desert. He's not training on the program. He's doing his own thing. And mm-hmm. uh, some would say his results have suffered. I didn't say that, but some would say that. Yeah, yeah I guarantee Tony's saying it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Hasbin. So, so uh, hey, so uh, so Rich Taylor negotiated his contract with with Tony directly. Do you know that? Yeah, exactly. Yep. I would find a confidentiality agreement, letter, whatever it is, to hear a tape or hear a story of that. I would pay fucking money for it. Because uh, that's got to be a golden... Were you in the room for that? Uh, I wasn't in the room. I wasn't in the room. I, I, hey, guys, I would say it was probably Steve Aldaco, his agent, anyhow, rather than Tony, but I could be wrong. Uh, no, 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 no. There were some meetings going on. Um, yeah. uh, if I ever meet you, Hasbin, we'll have a beer. Uh, all right, thanks, <laughs> yeah. bud. All right, take care. That is the uh, news of the night. All right. MotorWorldRacing.com, Moto Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Yeah, this is uh, Aaron. Hey, Aaron, what's happening? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Idlewild, California. Where's that? I don't even know where that is. It's uh, right by Rhino Land out there in Anza, oh, okay. California. Yeah, yeah, okay. way, way out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah so uh, basically I wanted to call and thank you guys for your guys' donations that you guys have been making uh, to the off-road associations. We have been? Okay. Yeah, that's what I've seen on the uh, internet. Okay. What? $4,000. No, not us. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, it wasn't? It was us. No, it was good. Yeah, we did <laughs> it. It was great. No, okay. honest, honestly, dude, it wasn't us. Oh, uh, well, all right, right on. But we do love off-road. Oh, yeah, yeah we everybody does. Yeah, we love those guys. We, uh, right on. We had JR Publications on here, and he sponsored yeah. a segment, the agent to Bobby Bonds and Ricky Dietrich, so... But, uh, no, it wasn't us, man. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for speaking of uh, Ricky, I guess he was, I talked to him yesterday. He's planning on uh, hopefully Seattle and Daytona. Really? Oh, oh nice. Be, First Supercross. Cool. Yeah. The, uh, the only guy I know that dropped 500 numbers from 539 to 39 this year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, he almost caught Ryan really... yesterday, but not close. Yeah. A lot of fans anxious to see how Ricky's going to do in Supercross. I know that. Right on. Thanks, caller. Right on. Talk to you guys later. Thank See you. Ya. Uh, what do you think he was talking about, Paul? Uh, I have no idea, but uh, I, I'm normally pretty up on that stuff. I don't even know. Not only do I not know what charity he's talking about, but I can guarantee we didn't do it. <laughs> so yeah, th- no. thanks for the props anyhow. Uh, MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. You're on the air. Hey, guys. Uh, I'd like to uh, bring up the subject of these uh, main events that last less than 15 and 20 minutes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd like to see them use the time to practice. Maybe have, uh, you know, maybe maybe they don't have the heat races. They use time to practice and have uh, two main events for each class. You know, if you want to well, shorten each main, okay, but, you know, maybe have yeah, two I mean, mains per class. Here's the thing. I mean, for one, that you're a core enthusiast like us, and we'd love to see those guys race all night long and, and be like outdoors and have to do the math on the overall. But the, to, the, to the basic fan, the mainstream fan, not only you have to look at it from an entertainment point of view, which is what Feld does best, unfortunately, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. They, they've mainstreamed our sport. They've packaged it up and put a bow on top. And when you go to the movies, you don't want to sit there for four hours. Two and a half, three hours is sort of the max time that you're going to keep somebody's attention. And, and even that gets a little bit long. And I know they also want the big drama fest at the end. And, and even some people in the 450s, people are getting up and leaving sometimes 
20 laps can seem like an eternity, even on a shortened track. So yeah. although I agree well, with you from a certain aspect uh, of the racing, and it seems like we're not getting our, enough bang for our buck, I think we're in the minority of that. Uh, well, you know, yeah, I go and I stay all day. So, yeah, I am a hardcore. But how about eliminating the heat races, making the main event shorter? But and I don't mean scoring it like outdoors. Make each Maybe main two separate main events, points. yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad idea. You know, the, those guys are always open to uh, suggestions. Feld, and I'm I'm sure somebody from over there is listening. And uh, uh, you know, you never know. That's not a bad suggestion. Two main events in one night, two point scoring main events, basically like MotoGP in the same day. I guess. Yeah, I'd like to see a 20 minute main event, no matter what, just 20 minutes plus a lap. Yeah, yeah. If nothing else, do that. That's going to increase. Don't don't forget, guys. That's going to increase injuries too, because. That's, yeah. that's what makes our sport so unique is 20 minutes on a Supergrass track, the mental fatigue starts to set in. You start to make mental mistakes, and that's when you get hurt. So I'm not so sure that I agree with that one personally. Yeah, but that's why I said if you want to make the main event shorter. Yeah, yeah that's twice. true. That's true, yeah. Uh, they tried that. 85, they went to two 12-lap mains uh, the 85 season. Um with a small rest in between, and they got the old school guys I talked to uh, didn't like it, but uh, whatever. I, I I mean they took away the semis, so they we lost some racing there. We lost an intermission this year, so they've definitely shortened the program. We lost a Friday practice day uh, two years ago or three years ago. So if you add in semis and a Friday practice day and an extra intermission, they've cut a you know what shitload I, of time you know, on the program. You know what I think they could add is is take a page out of Chad Reed's book down there down under and. Uh, Put in a dash for cash, but you can't make it for money. You couldn't pay these guys enough. Chad and those guys have openly said even the $100,000 purse to, to win, $100,000 win at the U.S. Open just isn't a lot of money to these guys these days. So to put up even hundred grand for a dash for cash, but there's no points on the line, the championship is what matters. These guys aren't going to kill themselves for it. However, if you put points on the line for a dash for cash and have a one-lap, one-on-one, like hot-lap eliminator thing and put, say, five points up for grabs, you bet your ass those guys would be going for it. That might just be the key right there to fill in the void of, of some of the downtime in the show. Do, do a quick you know, top five guys or top ten guys one-on-one against each other for some points. But now you're talking about rewriting the AMA rulebook and how that works and everything else and a lot of takeouts. and might be something they could look into. Yeah, maybe. All right, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Yeah, you could go on and on with that all night. Uh, I'd like to yeah. see him switch it up a little bit. Um, have a couple races a year that are two ten lappers, or you know, do something like that. Just, just yeah, throw that's a what Chad's trying to do down under, obviously. Right. Yeah, throw a little monkey wrench into it. But yeah. uh, what do you think, Paul? With that, shall we sign off? I think that's good. We we ran late again, but uh, lots to talk about this week. And uh, once again, thanks uh, thanks for uh, everybody putting up with our technical difficulties in the past few weeks and even uh, bearing with me as I call in on occasion here rather than flying my butt to uh, Las Vegas. This is going to be about a once a month or so, maybe twice a month type uh, deal for me. And especially when we go East Coast, it's going to be hell on me to fly back East and then get back to Vegas in time for the show. Uh, when we were on the West Coast, it, it was kind of easy. Just uh, I just hung out in SoCal on Sunday and made my way over to Vegas. But uh, Anyhow, thanks again, everybody. Hopefully the sound quality wasn't too god-awful this week, and uh, look forward to seeing uh, you East Coast guys out there in Indy this weekend. Come up and say hi if you, uh, if you see me walking around the pits. Looking forward to seeing Kennard on that big Red Bull Honda 450, seeing how he does, and looking forward to that awesomely stacked East Coast lights class. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I, 
I'm looking forward to going back to Indianapolis. Uh, I had so much fun this weekend. <laughs> you were just there. I was actually, if you look at it, it's kind of funny. I was just in San Diego uh, for the Supercross, and then I went to Indianapolis for the trade show. I'm going to San Diego on Wednesday for something, and then I'm going to Indianapolis uh, on Friday. So I'll be going San Diego, Indianapolis, San Diego, Indianapolis in a three-week span. So. Jeez, busy, uh, busy. Yeah, I am. So, uh, But with that, thank you for listening to the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Thank you to our sponsors, MotorWorldRacing.com. Uh, don't forget, let's uh, put in Moto Show, get 10% off your order. X-Brand Goggles, Rockwell Watches, Motocross the Nations, the world is coming. Um, yeah, thank you, to, thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.